Uh, it's been a bit rough. It's it turns out a lot of uh, queer people have been having a rough one the last week or so. <laughs> turns out. It's no, not really. <laughs> but yeah, like I mean, yeah, I mean, there's that. There's the fact that like, so. Yesterday, I had an in-person interview, and they told me they were going to let me know by the end of the week, and all, and then, basically, like, at 9 this morning, they already sent me a response to me, like, hey, we want somebody else, and it's like, okay, well, at least I have this other one that I'm supposed to maybe be doing an interview with in person today, which would be, like, the third interview with them overall, because it was, like, one with their uh, staffing agency and one with the actual recruiter in person, like, two and a half weeks ago? And then they were like, hey, we want to do one where, like, the manager and her boss want to meet to kind of deal. So it would be the third of all with them. But then they never got back to me about whether it was going to be going on today, even though I messaged them being like, hey, are we on for that? Because I had said, like, I could do two today. But then they got back to me and they are like, oh, we're still trying to figure it out. Give us a bit and we'll let you know. And it's like, they didn't get back to me yet, so I don't know if it's going to happen tomorrow either. <laughs> so, yeah. I do have one at least confirmed in person on Monday. But it's like, don't feel great about having to ask my mom for money at the time because, I mean, I've said briefly on this, but well, you're more in the Discord in general about how I don't really get along with my family much and don't like feeling indebted to them about this kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm. It's weird. It's almost like. It's almost. It's a complaining about it. yeah <laughs> yeah like that's the thing it's like we've seen for like the last two years people being like nobody wants to work and meanwhile it's like here look two people here on this podcast they're like give me a fucking job and everybody's like lol no and of course like part of me just can't help but be like is it because in my interviews i'm mentioning that i'm a non-binary trans person so they're like oh let's just not deal with that baggage i guess and just not bother this person because, unfortunately, again, that's kind of just going around a lot these days with a lot of people doing a bunch of stupid bullshit fear-mongering about us. Yeah. Hey. But hey, at least, uh, at least I got the notification that the, uh, the Lumini Devil Pin and the Amity Sweaters from Couchins are shipping out today. <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're the person that makes the plushies, and like that one of those sweaters is for my roommate because I was like, hey, I can get you this for your birthday, like back in, I think it was uh, early February when they were taking pre-orders, and she was like, oh, cool, but it's like, yeah, but also we don't expect these to ship out till like early April, <laughs> so just say no, could be over a month late, but whatever, it's finally on its way. That's something. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, you know, take the minor victories where you can. Even when you're like, <laughs> stop and realize, like, wait, those sweaters cost me, like, a lot of money each. They were like 40 each. And the pin was like 15. So it's like, yay, things I paid money for <laughs> before I moved are finally getting here. Yay? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. How's <laughs> it going to you at least? Because, like, you said, like, you're near finals, right? Yes, yes, I am near the finals, and it's rough. Yeah, yeah, I remember that back when I was in college. The thing is, like, so the master's like, 
Gets me a lot, yeah. Yeah. Are they all like, are they all solo projects basically? Yeah, like you don't have to do it in any group work. Yeah, no. Oh, thank, thank fuck. Doing, doing group work, especially <laughs> for like the final project of the year, is always the fucking worst. Like. Yeah, like that, that was what uh, I had for like one of my final. Classes. I, I think I mentioned the ecofeminism class I took in one of my years of college. I forget if it was on this or not, but it was definitely. Again, that class was called Women in Literature at the beginning, and then at some point they realized that they should change the name to what it actually is and didn't tell anybody. So on that very first day, a lot of people being like, "Wait, what? This, this is this the right class?" And it's like, "Yep." I was like, "Okay, cool. We're gonna listen to this." Again, I don't want to like generalize, but that teacher was not the best person to teach with that because she basically just had this notion in her head that only women could care about the environment and meanwhile a lot of the books we read were definitely not that i think i'm pretty sure i mentioned this again at one point because one of those books was also like getting a little bit into like daughter dad quasi incest stuff <laughs> so not great yeah yeah and that was in a movie that she was showing us in the in the tv in the class and it's like what what the fuck lady why are you showing us this <laughs> so yeah, that final project was like, you could do a group project, or you can write a five-page paper on one of these other books. And it's like, I will take the project and use that to basically tell you how much your class is bullshit. And then I used this one of my higher, and then I used this one of my upper writing requirements, where I had to get a B plus or better in a level three hundred or above English class. So, yeah, take deal with that, lady. <laughs> She's so glad that, uh, well, haven't, haven't you heard, uh, you get COVID's over once again. You don't have to worry about, uh, being very, uh, very, being very facetious here if it's not obvious. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I mean, it's a lot of cases of, like, people trying to, like, dial back on mask mandates here in the States, and it's like, you realize this is just gonna make things worse. It's like, just because cases are going down, it's because cases are going down because it's not the winter anymore, because the cases have always skyrocketed during the winter. It's because people are indoors more, and also it's a couple of flu season, and it's like, Jesus Christ, people, why do you not see this corollary when it's happened before in 2020 and then again this year and it's not last year i guess technically and yeah <laughs> so damn 
Yeah. Oh, okay. You didn't even did you even talk to your doctor about how you thought it was off? Oh, okay. I mean, ho hopefully they can like try to adjust it a bit and figure out what's going on there and get it to work better. I definitely get that at times because again, like I got that notification at like nine this morning, and then it's like kind of stayed in my bed until like almost one because uh, there goes my motivation for getting up when it's like it's that, and then not getting any information about that other interview, and like cool, great, <laughs> ah, <laughs> yep. I mean, that's also, like, in general with a lot of, like, I would, I don't want to say optional medications, but it's, like, it, it's very much like whenever you, like, start medication for transitioning. Everybody has, like, different methods and different doses that work for them compared to other people. Yeah. Trying to think of like anything else that's really been going on. Um, mm, I don't really think so. Like I haven't really like been doing a whole lot. Like I haven't even really like played video games much in the last couple of days. I I still have so much on the ring to play. <laughs> it's jeez, oh, that game's been up for like a month and a half now, and I'm still like I still have like all of the eastern part of Altus to go to, and I haven't even been to the snowy zone yet. It's, it's, it's just a big game. <laughs> it's too much to it. Into it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those kinds of games where it's like big open environments. You can go down the narrow path, or you can actually like go and explore all the little things we have. That's why it's like, oh, you hear people talk about, like, the new Kirby game, and it's like, oh, it's like 12 hours to do, like, everything. It's like, oh, that sounds great, actually. It's just that also, like, <laughs> I, I know that, like, Kirby games are just, like, a bit too easy as a thing, so it's like, I mean, it's like, I, I know I beat Mario Odyssey in, like, the span of two days, but also, like, it released, like, on a Friday, obviously, when it's like, yeah, I have, like, I think, it, yeah, that was when I was still at my old job at, uh, 
at night again. So it's like I had Fridays and Saturdays off. Like I worked Sunday through Thursday. So it's like I had those two days off. So yeah, makes sense. But also like Mario Odyssey, it's not that long of a game. It's just that you get like all those extra challenges at the end after you beat the main story. And yeah. But also like Mario games also not the longest thing either. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there's like 400 in City alone, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, it's also the difference there is that like Skyrim is also, it's it's very much just one of those like kinds of games like cut from like the Ubisoft cloth of just like, I mean it doesn't have as much like icon vomit on the screen, but it's like it's still like one of those kind of games of like yeah here's this nebulous content for you to go around and see, and also break the game over your fucking kneecap when you just go ahead and max out crafting and enchanting to make stuff that's better than anything else you can find in the game. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah, I, like I say Elden Ring has a huge map, but, like, it also isn't that long to, like, traverse the environment of Elden Ring. It's just that, like, it feels a lot bigger than it actually is because that map just gets larger and larger as you go and explore more of these of the places and also because like when you usually go to the place in Elden Ring aside from like those little mini dungeons that are only like maybe like 20 minutes long anyway assuming that you don't get stuck in the bus like once you get to like the larger areas it's like those are like ones that take you a few hours to go through because they are big and also those are the ones that have the really hard like mainline story bosses I mean you probably you probably heard of everybody talk about Godric like the Grafted who was like the first like major boss and like one of the Actually, I think there's like five bosses that it's like you only have to kill two of in order to actually beat the game, because like you only need two grit runes to go to the earth tree. And he's like, he's kind of the first one that people meet, because like it kind of leads you on the path there, because like that's kind of like the dividing zone between the, the starting area and uh, Lyurnia. And like Lyurnia attaches, like connects to Altus, which then connects to the snowy zone, so it's like. You, can't, you definitely also can't go east of the start because that leads to Kalu, which is a really bad meat blood dimension place. So nobody would want to go there at first. So you kind of always like go up to, against Godric first, for the most part. Okay. <laughs> uh, maybe Margit. Is Margit the one you heard of? He's like the first like gatekeeper boss that leads to where Godric is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He. He's... Oh, okay. Yeah, like, Margit is the one that's, like, a little bit more well-known, just because he is, like, that first, like, big, like, gatekeeper boss kind of deal. It's like how, it's like that, it's like the TV trope of, like, that one boss, where it's like, oh, yeah, this is where, like, the game takes its, like, training wheels off, and then you have to, like, really sink or swim kind of deal. 
Yeah. It's really because, like, Mark... Like, Mark is, like, the first big boss in that game that does the thing that so many bosses in the ring does, where it feels like it's just a slightly... Like, a few... Like, a half second off compared to Dark Souls, where bosses will do, like, a big wind-up attack where they're in mid-air, and you roll too soon expecting them to come down, and then they go and crash down on you after you're done with the roll, because they have a little bit of hang time to them. Which, like, just a half second more than in Dark Souls, and it's like, oh, it gets me all the fucking time, even though I put, like, 80 hours into this game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's fair. Like, I... Yeah. I mean, hey, I hated Dark Souls at first when I first tried it, and then it's like... It was watching uh, Vinny of Giant Bomb play through the latter half of Dark Souls, where it's like, if Vinny Caravella can understand this, I can too, I think. So, I, like, I really, like, studied up on stuff. And it still took me, like, 30 tries to beat, like, the first major boss of that game, which is the Belfry Gargoyles. But at the same time, it's like, hey, I, f I figured that I did it, so I'm sure that everybody else in this game will go fine, right? <laughs> and then, uh, you know, there were some rough patches and some, like, restarts to, like, respec and stuff, because that was before respecking was a thing. But I got there in the end. Yep. Yeah. They're fun games, and they just kind of have bled over into every genre now, because everything has some souls to it now. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's very much in like the Souls kind of like uh genre to it cuz it's like I mean you have limited heals and like you uh fuck you I'm forgetting. I only played a little bit of it. You, do you have like a currency net that you get when you kill enemies and drop when you die? Yeah, if I remember correctly, it was really just like a few like different moves you can do in combat that you unlock. It's not like you like level up stats or anything. It, it also yeah, that's true. Like it has like that bit of like Metroidvania to it, where it's like, oh, now you learn how to run on walls and stuff. Which I don't like that first like branching path they had of like, hey, you can go to like the crazy like which planet of death or you can go to this other place it's like well of course i want to go to the crazy witch planet of death and then they're like oops just kidding yes. you need the move from the other place to actually reverse this anywhere and it's like why would you give me the option why would you tell me i can go here <laughs> at the start if i can't actually make progress so it's like i kind of stopped that because i was like eh. i also just wasn't like dealing with the combat as much like i never understood like what the difference with having like the double-sided lightsaber was compared to just a single like i was like Oh, okay, yeah, it's it's on the the death planet of like witch stuff, and I found that before you can like progress more unless you had that ability to like jump over the gap or whatever it was, and it's like yeah, it's like a move where it's like you can like ignite the other half of the lightsaber, and it's like it didn't seem like it made combat really any different. It just had like a few different animations. It seemed like I didn't know if there was like a difference where it's like you do more damage or slower, so I don't know. But at the same time, I didn't stick with the game much past there, cause like I I only played that bit of it cause it was on Game Pass, and it's like yeah. Try it out. It's it's all right, but I'm not interested in it much. Also, it's like again in a, in a game about space with all sorts of like different races and stuff. Why would they have to go with like the most straight white dude look again? <laughs> like <laughs> you could have made Cal. I think the guy's name was. You could have made him like anything else, but you made him like the most dull, 
dude, white dude with brown with brown hair look, and it's like sure whatever, but go crazy with it. <laughs> I can't. Why can't we play as like as whatever race Kit Fisto is? I don't know what race he is. I just remember he's, his name is Kit Fisto. <laughs> okay, I'll take your word for it because I don't know Star Wars stuff. It's very much like how I was like, oh yeah, like uh, Shock T is uh, not a freaking uh, tw Twi'lek. No, I thought that she was a Twi'lek for so long, and I think it was like you who even corrected me, being like, no, she isn't. And it's like, what? Because <laughs> I also thought that she dies in uh, the Force Awakens game, but it's a different like Jedi who's like in the prequels, I think, in some funky missed scenes. Because Shock T was in Shock T was in the uh, the Good Clone Wars. Like, bits that were, like, 30 seconds long when she was fighting, uh, Grievous, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry about that. that... Yeah. That, I don't think you can even find anymore these days. I, never, I don't think they ever, like, compiled those into, like, a video or anything. Oh, is it? Huh. Yeah. Neat. Yeah, I honestly just remember that bit and, like, also the bit where, like, Anakin fought, uh... Uh, what's the lady with the two lightsabers? Yeah, besides when he like fought her in the jungle, but I, I think those like kind of like the two main ones. Besides, like th there was also one of like when Yoda's chasing after the uh, the droid with the like the shock staff things when they were capturing Palpatine. Yeah. That leads right into Episode Three, I think. Yeah, those are like the three I remember from that. I uh, I think I remember that because I did. I thought I remember Yoda doing that, trying to like pull a ship down. But I guess maybe it was Mace Windu who's doing that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's like what. So Clone Wars is on Disney Plus. Maybe. On Disney Plus, it is titled Star Wars Vintage Clone Wars 2D Micro Series. <laughs> 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 I can't just call it, like Star Wars Clone War like Clone Wars Legends or something like that. Some generic title that separates it from the normal Clone Wars cartoon. <laughs> Or animated <laughs> CGI thing. I don't know. It's weird. But isn't that also is that also the thing where it actually explains why Grievous coughs? Because isn't like one of them like crushes rib cage or whatever when he tries to escape? I feel like I I feel like I remember that being a thing. Because I mean, otherwise he's just coughing weirdly in all of Episode Three, and it's not even explained. And I th I think it's because somebody like kind of crushes rib cage with the force as he was escaping with Palpatine. Weird. Hmm. Well, I thought that was like only like thirty second chunks, but like during commercials or something. Oh, it was like a series. Ah, interesting. I wonder how much of that they actually consider canon anymore, considering that they basically like killed off so much of the like expanded universe stuff. I don't think any of it is, which is yeah, I think that tracks. I think I remember Rex. Also, I think I remember Cody being in one of them. Because I know yeah. Cody is a big character in Clone Wars, and like he gets name dropped in Episode Three. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> 
Oh yeah, one of those guys, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, that that's that's Shakti, right? <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, that's that's okay. That's who I thought was in the Clone War, not the Clone, uh, Force Awakens, but yeah, it's a different Jedi. I think it looks similar to her. I think. Her. Yeah, because I I, th I, th I think because I think that character that I'm thinking of shows up briefly in like a moment during Episode Three when like I think it's like right before Anakin goes to like air quotes confront Palpatine, like, head of his, like, mass genocide of the younglings, which I keep seeing people bring that up recently on Twitter with the, uh, the child jungle tech of LEGO Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, t time this, uh, podcast to that. I'm trying to figure out what that kind of segue is, because, <laughs> like, nobody's, like, just... <laughs> Anity doesn't. Anity doesn't. Anity doesn't air combo hunter in this episode. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So this is season two, episode nine. It looks like uh, you open a pile of loose junk, including masks. on making something called a grimoire, which isn't clearly defined. It does seem to be sort of an artificial person, so... Neat. Yeah, it's worth noting that the face of the supposed magic clone in this has uh, red eyes and a certain kind of, like, hooked nose that looks a little bit like a certain boy. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, though, it gives us a list of the ingredients to make a grimoire. Two of the four ingredients are the things that Bellows has specifically gone after been introduced to us through other characters. So it kind of feels like this may be something he's doing now, again. Potentially, yeah. Because, like, I mean, also, <laughs> like, by the current point where we're at in Season 2B, like, only one of those ingredients haven't been introduced yet. Because, like, uh, I remember looking this up at one point of what the Bone of Wartet is. Uh... Uh, I think I, or I think it was like I remember Ortet being a thing. Uh, what is it? Yeah, what is that? Yeah. Stone sleep. Yeah, so, so, so yeah. So an Ortet is the original plant from which the members of a clone have descended. So presumably, like Bone of Ortet is just like a fantasy version of that. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's a lot of. Yeah. It, it's it's intro it's, right in just three yeah, seconds. It's, it's, Fuck wild that they sneak in a lot of lore in like a two second long shot that you have to pause and see. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous that they did that. Yeah. Yeah, so uh we do pan away to Emperor Bellows and he tests the synthetic portal key in the reassembled core, which are sort of designed to mash. Uh Hunter and Cardinal pause me while I'm watching. But just a high very quick says he knows they're there because he just knows what's going on in his castle at all times. I mean, I mean we did see <laughs> that he can like detect what's going on in different rooms like when uh, Luz, Gus, and Willow were about to steal the healing hat where it's like, you know, did that, did that echo of him being like, I will not. 
Which brings up the good question of like, does he actually know the Cardinals around? He just doesn't do anything about it yet. <laughs> like, if he can detect what go he's gonna eat. No, don't eat the poor bird boy. <laughs> it's a good little bird. He covers his eyes when he gets scared, as he saw in episode th in episode thirteen. <laughs> so, what was Tell Central that they were using to do with the aliens before they came back together? But it took them like a few years. So, if you look at it, I'm pretty sure this is the first time you see it. It is. It, it, it's also Buckwild that they do that in episode 2 right after the like, Grimwalker book. <laughs> it's it's very weird that this is where we got the face reveal. Like I, I feel like they could have possibly held off on this until episode 11 when they do it again. Like when he does it in front of like during like the magic Skype call or whatever. So it's like I, I feel like that would have been like a real like fucking Buckwild way to start season 2B if they'd waited till then. But at the same time it's like it's such a, like, minor thing that they just, like, don't really, like, make a big deal of in this episode that actually also kind of works here. Yeah, no, I mean, hopefully it won't get it. It's just unexpected. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so since we see him all these things, he's basically human. You don't see his ears, so I'm not sure it could be a witch. But he's also just got this real gnarly scar across his face. Looks like an yeah, I, I've seen some people also say it kind of looks like it's like rotting wood, which makes sense with it having to like absorb palisman uh, energy, with considering they're made of wood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Hunter starts asking questions about the heat problem, asking if it's true that the rain doesn't boil, and Bella says, "Yeah, totally," and that he's been there before. So. <laughs> Yeah, we we will be uh, talking about this in exactly a week from now because we're not pausing between season two A and two B, unlike the show did for seven months. <laughs> yep. So at this point, Hunter asks why he and he would have been swapped for the mission that's going to happen on B. Willis basically says that it's because everyone has a specific use, and uh, Hunter is like, super duper incredibly important to the Titans plans and has to stay safe. Because it would be hard to replace him. <laughs> <All> this. Yeah. <laughs> this, this, the, this little, like, 90-second bit at the start created so many theories of, like, oh, no, poor Hunter. <laughs> Especially with what we learned in episode 12, like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, poor, sad, bad boy. <laughs> so after the credits, Emily's doing checks around the house. She's basically like full searching team in this place, making sure it's all clean and supplied. Uh, Gus, Mr. Hoopy, and King are all helping and beeping at Amity's Palisman Ghost Forest. Yep. Who brings her that spike? Named after, named after Dana Terrace's white cat ghost. <laughs> Continuing a long tradition of uh, people, like uh, show directors, naming in world cats after their own, because like, it's also something that. Uh, Matt Brawley, the Amphibia show creator, has a cat named Domino, which is why Anne has a cat named Domino. And uh, Rebecca Sugar has a cat named Lion, which is why Steven's Lion in Steven Universe is called Lion. <laughs> I was about to say cat, but it's like, no, that's a lion. That's He, he acts like a cat. He acts <laughs> like a house cat, but he's still a lion. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yep. Happen, happens yeah, all the time. <laughs> 
pretty much. They 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 love boxes. <laughs> yeah, they are big murder kitties. <laughs> Yeah. It's just that if they want to play, they Yeah. And they don't they don't hold back unlike regular cats because regular cats are like ten pounds at most. So Dustman cheese, even if the music that he's providing, Anthony is surprised that Ada is still here because apparently she was supposed to be helping build the fences. She's just standing around grunting, flexing, and shouting because she's trying to turn into a puppy dog. She can't do it on her hands. And she's using techniques she learned from Dragon's Ball to see old anime. She treats it like it's a weird and foreign museum called from calling it a human workout. But also, like, Emily calls her on how old it is. She does say that she saw it in theaters, so this just seems a little weird to me because the, the she went to the human to a movie theater to see it. She knew it was not working, but she still... I mean, Ida also claims that possums aren't, aren't real, even though she's been going to the human realm for like 30 years. It's like, she is not the most knowledgeable about the human realm, even though she is probably still the most knowledgeable witch, even compared to Gus, who is like the <laughs> president of a club devoted to appreciating people. Yeah, so... is basically panicking. Nita just kind of brushes her off, but it turns out that the reason Amity is so upset is because Luce is sick. Uh, she has what is referred to as the common cold. She basically seems almost entirely delirious, so she thinks her arms are snakes and tries to eat the bullet key because that might get her to <laughs> We never find out what happens if she would have. We don't know. This theory is still it's untested, true, yeah. and we remain so. <laughs> I mean, maybe not. It's like they don't necessarily know if they need a key for the new door at all. Because it's adorable. <laughs> yeah, and like, again, like, Luce giving her the Tamagotchi to be in the chat because for some reason Luce can't use a scroll, probably because she doesn't have a bow sack and therefore can't summon one that will. It's, it's very funny that it's like, yeah, of course Luce would just assume Amity knows what emojis are. <laughs> and like, even though it's like, yeah, we see like on the scrolls, like, people do occasionally, like, do like hearts and like vomit emojis and stuff, but not like full words <laughs> using different symbols. Yeah. Very loose move, and also it's adorable. It's it's cute. <laughs> oh, they don't. <laughs> they do not. Definitely don't. <laughs> I, I I mean I don't know if like current like Tamagotchis maybe do like maybe ones that are like. Oh no, sorry. That's I mean the ones that they have. I don't think we know if they do actual words. Oh okay. Gotcha. Yeah, it might it might just be those. I don't think it actually has words because I feel like this would use just normal typing if they had that option. Yeah, this is for gaming system. Yeah, pretty much. So, uh, yeah, so Amity does not understand what the message means, and Luce is clearly disappointed. You can see it in her face. But uh, 
they just shut the door. Mm-hmm. She's sick. It doesn't matter what she does. <laughs> I mean, she's clearly delirious, and also she's the weirdo human, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, Lolo makes a comment on how weird it is that Henry's around all the time since, you know, she's here. And she does admit that, okay, does mention that it was only a couple of months ago that Henry tried to get her bisected by his whole mom. So. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it gives us a time. Frame. Yeah, just just That's very funny to actually call it out. <laughs> like, yeah. hey, remember how you met when you were literally like strangling her, demanding to know who she was, and then tried to get her dissected? Yeah, that's your girlfriend now. <laughs> I I like all the tweets I still occasionally see. Like I saw one a few days ago, was some person being like, "How is this the same person? It's just Amity from like episode three compared to Amity from now." <laughs> it's like, yeah, well, that's character growth. <laughs> So Amity admits that it's a little weird she's around, but she just wants to prove that she's an awesome girlfriend. Which I think is probably the first time that word has been used in a queer way in Disney shows. Uh, well, Hootie did refer to them as GFs last episode, so it's like, it's saying this. Yeah, yeah, it's not the full word, but it is still the same. But yeah, like, I mean, it is it is a female character referring to herself as somebody else's girlfriend when that someone else is also a girl. So it's like, yeah, hey, it's something. <laughs> one of the live-action shows, uh, Good Luck Charlie, there was an episode in which a character had two moms mm-hmm. referred to as such, called Mom Mom, but uh, I think this is the first use of the girlfriend specifically. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, but don't you remember the famous Star Wars kiss between two lesbians that is all the way in the back and a bit blurred? <laughs> Don't remember that? That okay, progress? It's not Disney Channel. That's yeah, but it's still Disney. <laughs> Owned by Disney because Disney owns fucking everything. Oh, also, there's just a sword in the hole. It's, it's not in the armor or anything, it's just sitting in the hole. So I guess our new rainbow sword guy, Ida, would absolutely <laughs> <laughs> Ida is definitely a sword guy. <laughs> <laughs> Screams, and so they all rush back into the room. Like, Echo Mouse is playing an elementary diary. Uh, Philip is talking about how he figured out how to travel dimensions. There are wild things sometimes appear. They're supposedly caused when Titans blow leaks into the room, which is so powerful that he caused these puddles to holes that reach dimensions. That's how he got here through a natural hole that he fell out of in a cliff's lake. Uh, Luce wants to go right away. <laughs> yeah, th- again, v- she's too strong. Very funny comparing season one, episode one, loose to now when it's like in that episode she was complaining about her weak nerd arms, and meanwhile in this one she's like holding herself back on the door frame compared to everybody else trying to pull her in with with Gussie and going like she is shockingly strong. <laughs> yeah. uh, Oh, this is something that we didn't bring up when we were talking about escaping expulsion. Like, Gus mentioned in that episode that Ida still doesn't know his name and keeps calling him Goots. So it's just him. It's just in his case, but, like, I feel like she's she's coming up with bossy boots or just boots for Amity just because of Amity being around a lot and, like, trying to take the reins on things because she's just proving that she's an awesome girlfriend kind of deal. <laughs> yeah, 
She doesn't have, I mean, yeah, she doesn't have one for Willow, because Willow is the good girl. She's the only sensible one in this entire household, so Ida doesn't need to make a joking name about her. It's pretty much because of Hunting Palisman, because she figured out that Hunter was after the Palisman, like, compared to her. Like, I mean, we, we never really get the full context of, like, why she just decides to almost murder that guy in that episode. <laughs> but, like, she definitely does have, like, I think it's because, like, ever since uh, Lilith got booted out of the coven, where Hunter's been, like, getting more prominent compared to Kikimura, like, she's probably, like, next in line, but then, like, Bellos decided to put Hunter in charge instead, so she probably just has it out for him as a result. Especially since, like, he did straight up attack her when defending the Palisman. <laughs> it's true, but also, like, this was his operation. He got pulled off. Yeah. And it was given to her, so I don't know why she's so. Yeah, she's just. She's, and yeah. She's right. Yeah, she's just she's a paranoid little creature. <laughs> Which, hey, <laughs> helps her out in the long run, because, I mean, we'll see her be a paranoid little creature two episodes from now again, anyway. <laughs> Which is really weird that it's like, yeah, like, we get, like, two kind of kiki more focused episodes, like, two episodes, like, with just one episode between, like, we have two of her being a big focal point of it <laughs> in both 9 and 11. Very weird. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, um, Hunter is here, and he's disguised himself as a first cover guard. His plan is to sneak in there, steal the blood, give it to Bellows first, thereby making himself useful again. Uh, Rascal has followed him, and he says he doesn't know why, asks what the bird is following him, which seems a little weird to me, since the bird followed him to the castle and into his bedroom. Yeah. It's also made more strange because he doesn't have his artificial staff with him at this point, so it's like, Clearly, clearly the bird would have seen him leave without it, so the bird would follow him. But I also just like the fact that he's like, what are you doing here? And then proceeds to spend like a minute explaining his plan in excruciating detail to the bird. <laughs> after being like, why'd you follow me? <laughs> like, Hunter, come on. <laughs> yeah. So when Kikimura hears him talking to the bird, recognizes his voice, and he's forced to run for it because her locked blows apart the tree and he's hiding behind. Which, I don't know how she doesn't see him run away. <laughs> like, maybe she turned around and got distracted by something, so he took his chance to run off, but, like, we don't see her, like, pursue him or anything, or shoot after him as he runs. <laughs> yeah. He just tries to book it's it because, so again, easy. he doesn't have a staff at the moment. Which, I, yeah. I kind of wonder if maybe Zeno has been made fun of back when he was a kid for his voice. Because, like, his his voice isn't, like, that high-pitched, but it's, like, it definitely is distinct. Like, I wonder, uh, yeah, I just can't help but wonder if, like, they actually pulled a bit from him being a bit bullied because of his voice as part of this. Of, like, why does everybody keep making fun of his voice? Because, like, again, he doesn't have, like, a different voice or anything. 
It's just like it's just a little bit higher pitched, I guess, for a guy. But also like Zeno is like twenty seven himself, I think. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, whatever. Hunter sixteen. His he's a kid. His voice is supposed to not be as deep as it is for an adult, anyway. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, even if it was like with his consent of like, yeah, let's pull from this because I actually have had people bring this up at times, but it's like, still not a great thing. <laughs> so Ida and Amity are in the toolbox. They are very good at all of these. Mm-hmm. Where either of them are, Kate does not have the toolbox, so I guess he's good. Yeah. It's their same outfits as well from uh, Adventures in the Elements, except Amity has like a different colored turtleneck. Because like, I guess he's like, I guess he was like, it would be way too much to have even a purple turtleneck compared to having a purple coat and purple hair. So I guess I'll wear a black one instead. But he uses straight up the same outfit because it's like it still has her like dead little like spider creature uh, hat or whatever. Yeah. No, I mean, this is the second time yeah. we've seen these outfits at all. Uh, so we cut to Ida bashing through a wall of ice. Um, King says that she just yelled at him and ran headfirst into the wall, trying to keep it absolutely the whole But the animation is very clearly her doing the first bicycle kick to shatter <laughs> Yeah, <it>. a little bit. <laughs> so I don't know what that's about, but either way, Emily uh, has Hunter tied up with an abomination. Like walking, he says he will run away, but it's not as though he's actually trustworthy. No. Mm-hmm. Um, does volunteer a little bit of information on ancient witches, mining for fiends or titan blood, so we get a little of this history notes. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> but again, hey, weird magic world, and also some people are like the Titan might not be fully dead because its heart still beats. So who the fuck knows what's really going on? very irresponsible in this episode really she doesn't care that much about the fact that uh human is sick with a witch ailment and also she's just like fully not giving a fuck about the fact there are so many emperor's coven guys around here and just like making a lot of noise and just being like yeah shoot me with a fucking laser that should be that should, like the adrenaline will kick in and make me turn into a harpy sure that totally works <laughs> it's like yeah. yeah she's being like very irresponsible while trying to do this very important thing that will help her like adopted daughter get back home Yeah. She's got a measure of really defending herself. Yeah, that's fair. Like at the same time, it's really overdue. Yeah, I mean, it's like presumably it's probably been like roughly a month since she lost her powers at the petrification ceremony and stuff. So it's like, yeah, it's been a bit, but like, 
it's still she's kind of letting it go a lot to her head when it's like yeah she's like i got powers as well now how do i use them <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's So we come back to the Owl House for just a very brief scene. Um, don't say who you're arguing about what music to play for who's and who he wants to play 24 hours of whale noises, while Gus wants to put on an underground Korean movie. Uh, Willow is cooking something and gets mad about the fighting, at which point she suggests that they play both at the same time. And I really don't like the music he makes when she suggests that. <laughs> yeah, his old <laughs> It's It's a... Still a bit of like a goofy scene. Wait, did you wait? Did you skip over a bit? Cause like I thought that that's like isn't doesn't that happen like as Lucy's trying to get their attention? No, no, we're gonna have another. Comment. Oh right, yeah, that, yeah, they're listening to music at that point, right? <laughs> yep, my mistake. Okay. Uh, back in the veins, uh, Ida talks about how Luce describes Richard to her after their last meeting, and honestly. It just feels like bullying. A little bit. I mean, they have this poor boy, like, tr tr like taken hostage, essentially. They, they Nobody actually stops and thinks about the fact that Amity Blight is committing actual treason at this point, considering she has not really done anything <laughs> against the Emperor, really, at this point. But she is committing full-on treason here by having his right-hand man taken hostage. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe. I don't know. This is like what you're supposed to be. I mean, true, but like if fellows found out and like, if, if like if like if they had taken Hunter hostage and kept him a hostage, it's like it wouldn't come out that like eventually it's like oh, okay, the youngest blight has, is committing treason against the emperor. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like one of those like. It's, it's just a weird point of view. Yeah, one yeah, one of those weird bits of Ida having a bit of like clarity compared to her usual wacky self. Yeah. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, uh, Kiki is also blocking the path to the lake, so Ida and Kiki are about to distract by telling the kids to wait for their signal. Uh, at this point, I don't know if this is deliberate manipulation or if he's legitimately trying to be a good person. Sort of manipulates Amity. He's appealing to her and telling her that they're more alike than she is to Ida because there's no real stakes for most. Amity uh, gets one of the Tamagotchi texts, which he reads over her shoulder very briefly. Yeah, invasion of privacy, much Hunter. You know who's on the, the yeah. line of that. <laughs> I feel more comfortable this would be enough to make me just entirely disbelieve anything he said. Yeah. But also, but also, yeah, we're adults in our thirties. <laughs> Amity Blight is a fourteen-year-old who has been dating yeah. a human for like maybe a week at this point. It doesn't seem like it's a lot. The time has passed between episode eight and episode nine, so yeah. Well, they're very much still in phase one. Yeah. Yeah. So he interprets this message as. That Amity should come back with results or else based on the uh, record of enemies. Since Amity can't read the messages, she doesn't really believe this, but it's the best interpretation she's got. Um, 
out, so he just keeps playing on her insecurities, trying to relate to her through their need to impress someone special in their lives. And uh, as Ida and King are downstairs arguing for which distraction they should use, uh, Ibrahim fires a purple fireball, which bounces around the cave and distracts the guards. The Imam puts up a big shield, so I guess that was not a great device. <laughs> and Ida is just kind of a bit in wait for her distraction, at which point Vanity says they didn't have time. She drops her time and she's there. Uh -oh. Yeah. I mean, just want to quickly point out, like, Hattie's upbringing is, like, even more fucked up than we've already seen just from, like, episode two of the season. If she gets this loss in her head over the slightest chance that she might disappoint somebody she actually cares about. <laughs> like, oh, uh, no. Like, this poor girl has been, like, really <laughs> screwed up ever since she was a kid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, so we come back to the where the Echo House is just sitting in the house while she pulls its ears. I guess it kind of just has free reign because it's not in a cage or anything. It's, uh, it plays it out of entry. And, uh, oh, yes, uh, I do have a note here right before we get to the entry. Mm -hmm. There's just a ton of plushies. Yeah. There are so many plushies that they've just taken from. It's like all of King's plushies that like he's had across the house throughout all of, like the season and change up till now, and just they just load them into her room to try to help make her feel better. <laughs> I thought you were gonna. Br I just thought it was very sweet yeah. that he brought his I, I thought you were gonna bring up the little like uh, owl, uh, little Echo Mouse uh, jingle that Luz comes up with because that became a huge meme for like a couple weeks there on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> like. Oh, it was a lot of stuff, like, even, like, the most tame was just, like, people, like, having an explosion go off and lose boots it on the nose, but, like, there were also, like, variations to the lyrics that people came up with. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was, yeah, people let down to, like, some of the weirdest stuff in the show to make into, like, goofs that just go on for a week to then. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I like the Echo House. I guess it's, it likes Luz a lot to just yeah, it, it's it's been something that I get like I think I said earlier. I think it's it's like at least been like a couple of weeks since you got the mouse at this point. I think so. It's like it seems like it's gotten like used to her, so it's not just like freaking out and running off as much as it used to. So in this new uh, diary entry, Luke says that the lake was pretty much a ruse. That was the only thing that he found also mentions that one of his companions died trying to get it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so Luz tries to pull with the crystal ball, which just breaks it. And then she calls downstairs for help, but the others can't hear her because they are busy mixing human noises together in headphones. Uh, the one that they're listening to right now is opera singing mixed with train horns in a thunderstorm. And also the thing that Mom's cooking right now is a She's so disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> yes, back in the tunnel, Kate wonders if someone else is here as she finds the Tamagotchi. So she sends her guards away to look for Hunter. Uh, Ida and Anthony enter a tunnel filled with tents, but Anthony is suspicious since it isn't actually the lake yet. But Hunter recognizes this as Will's blood and does what they want to touch it. But Ida just kind of ignores him. And I guess when you touch Will's blood, drops you in a bit. <laughs> well, I mean, Philip said it signifies that they can't <laughs> vein, so like, if you just, like, smack it hard, it might just, like, cause it a cave in a bit. Very, 
I don't know. I don't know what's so lethal about this. Is it? Well, I, it's probably not lethal to people that have sure. magic, but Ida doesn't really have magic at this point, so they just fall down the pin. <laughs> Again, as we'll see two episodes from now, who can say if he's really, yeah, like, I'm being honest about that shit, because Philip with a Bane is a lying sack of shit. <laughs> yeah, it's totally not like we see him actively do that as things are about to happen. <laughs> no, not at all. God, that guy sucks. <laughs> Hunter begs to be sent free so he can escape if she's not going to take him with her. So she does, and then he does a karate kick and sweeps her legs, at which point he runs off saying he's going to reach the lake first. Oh, I don't know. She's about to chase him, but they keep him in there for a few minutes. There is a commercial cutaway here, but apparently Emily just tells her everything. <laughs> Yeah, like that many bites apparently just spills all the beans. <laughs> Probably because, like, I mean, Hunter's throwing her under the bus, so it's like, yeah, yeah. fuck him, I'm gonna, yeah. gonna, jump, gonna fully say that he's here too, because screw that guy. She has the chance for revenge. And uh, her long tongue turns into a lion cart, <laughs> and she takes off down the tracks. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I, I like it. I like how you were like. I guess they got an upgrade to have shield generators. It's like in my mind, I'm like, yeah, but they also can turn into fucking cars now. <laughs> so I feel like that's the bigger question of why they can turn into mine cars compared to why they, can they deflect spells. <laughs> Oh yeah, they they have advantage on saving throws against all spells. Pretty good too. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, a very helpful thing to have. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah. Takes off yeah, that's that's a. Yeah, that's the person I brought up last week who's voiced oh, by the same person that plays the collector, by the way. Um, <laughs> yep. Yeah, but she keeps so ghosts in sap worm still. That's an important yeah. detail to note. Apparently, her staff wedged in the rocks and is supporting them. But the force of this knocked all the way out, so they're stuck. And also, he appears to have a baby. He was only a dog. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's, 
again, like, hey, turns out when King is allowed to be something other than an annoying little jerk, he's a pretty good, interesting character, yeah. where he's, like, it actually bringing up good, movie. solid points of, like, but well, you thought I was that one, so why don't you try talking to this instead? <laughs> yeah, like, like, even, even Ida is really not much of a major character in this episode, really. It's really all about Amity and Hunter. <laughs> It's like, actually, it's like the first episode where Luce is a very minor character, because usually she's the focal point. And for once, it's like, nope, she's kind of sidelined, so Amity can have uh, time to shine. Which is good, because we, lo we love Amity Blight. She is great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, Owlbird gets hurt. Owlbird gets hurt so much in this show. I know it's really only two episodes because it's him getting the little crack in uh, season one, episode ten, and then this one. But it's like, no, let the poor boy not be hurt. It's a it tiny little hurt. adorable it's owl. It's it's a wound, but it's something we get past basically. This yeah, is just yeah, it's a little like dent on his head, basically. In the process of being about to die, yeah, it's, it's really bad. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Poor little owl. This is why I am like staunchly saying no, Bellows cannot crack open that cardinal. Screw everybody that says he's gonna do it. <laughs> no. Shut up. No. <laughs> I mean, hey, we, we, Dana did say that season 2B is the pain season, part of the season when it's like, there's enough pain in season 2A. <laughs> If we deal with so many bad parents and like yeah. so many like actual like sad bits, especially in next episode, and it's like no, stop, <laughs> no, no, no bad so sad times allowed. Like, Only good gay. Or she just sort of closes her eyes and then has a conversation they only hear half of. <laughs> but she agrees to a deal that we don't hear the Tarpus of and is able to turn into the Tarpus and fly him out of there. But she won't tell them what the deal is. She's embarrassed by it. King is excited to catch up and see a minecart chase, but the carts have derailed. They're just trashed and kicking around in guards while they crash. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, they they went too fast because like they apparently <laughs> never played Donkey Kong Country, yeah, so which I guess Luke somehow so uh, King that location <laughs> was laid out by the crash. Yeah, yeah, Ghost is just stuck in the ground. <laughs> and I have to point out, I like the little, like, various, like, Abby has, like, three different expressions on her face in, like, the span of, like, a second. Because, like, she ha she's, like, just has, like, a, have, like, a frown on her face, but then she spots Ghost and has, like, a whole, like, oh, kind of look on her face, and then she does an adorable little, like, sticking her tongue in as she reaches for the, the staff <laughs> and then smiles at it. It's, like, it's it's a very cute, like, range of emotions that she goes through during that. Because it's, like, yeah, she loves her kitty. Yeah, I kind of wish that. Yeah, I kind of wish that like they actually do have like a line at some point of like, yeah, she carved it while she was like out of school or something, or if like the back me gave it to her, because like we don't know where Ghost really came from. She's just here now. Yeah, but 
I feel like uh, uh, I feel like Odalia wouldn't have given her a Nerulum right <laughs> after she like said "fuck you" and dyed her hair, and also made an ass of her on stage in front of all of her investors. The captain gets up and starts fighting, but Nina gets away, excited for a fight. This is what the first fight should be in, since she's got the whole team. She wants to play with uh, So she's trying to say that you can't go back to the lake. But it's just dry. It, it's it's falling. It's a hole in the ground. <laughs> uh, Hunter is in the water, just sort of digging in the dirt. So he's going to start a fight. Because uh, the thing is, Sibelius needs the blood for a new key. And since he failed his last mission, he thought he could find this blood in the important town. But there's no blood here, so he just ran away and disobeyed orders for no reason. Now he's digging his own grave. <laughs> Yeah, like, this this bit also became just, like, kind of a, not so much a meme as in just, like, <laughs> this is just, like, an evergreen, like, picture of Justin being, like, this is my grave. <laughs> like, and, like, especially, like, how King even is, like, this is bumming me out. <laughs> like, it's, it's very funny where it's, like, even King is, like, actually bummed out and not excited about somebody dying. <laughs> Considering he held up yeah, a card about bloodshed back in the writing episode. <laughs> Exactly. I guess. Yeah, you gotta be eviscerated and have got have gore going over, I guess, compared to like, yeah, you just give up. You're using to because it just means he's like a spooky toddler. I mean, everybody in the demon realm lives I mean, he literally lives in a realm of monsters and murder and stuff. Like the demon realm well, hmm, as well again, we'll also see two episodes from now, the demon realm apparently wasn't always like this, but it definitely has over the last like, say fifty years. But like it's definitely a hell world at the moment, so it's like he grew up in that. But you're I but also worth pointing out, you're skipping over the very cute doodle of the lake that Luz drew, which apparently was her intricate directions for Amity, which is just, it's just a picture of a lake with the little text, you did it, where it's just a you and not the word you. And there's also a little doodle of Luz in the lake, like herself there with happy sun. It's like, even in her delirium of being sick, Luz cannot stop being a lovable little goofball. Hunter... I remember the other ones. The other one is like "Fool's Blood Bad." Are you okay? And come home. And the the very yeah. first one that Amity was confused at, like before they left, yeah, so said that, "You are pretty." Very cute. That's very much uh, our first week of dating sort of text descent. Yeah. Yeah. Rascal arrives, sits on Hunter's back. Hunter tells him to go away, but he doesn't. So Amity looks down to try and console Hunter, saying that she grew up thinking 
thinking that everything was an opportunity to justify your own existence. Grim. But there are people that don't make you feel worthless if you let yourself Oh, yeah. also, I'm sorry. I, I skipped a bit during Hunter's big monologue earlier. He did mention that it's a very, it's a very this is when Amity realizes that the key has blood in it. Sorry, I skipped that. Yeah. No, that's okay. Yeah. It's, just, it's a it's a very good quote from Amity, actually. It's very applicable to people. It's only a couple of months since she's been this Yeah. Yeah, like it's... Yeah. <laughs> it's very good. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why. But he also kind of makes things worse because he just straight up has the key just hanging out of her jacket a bit there. I mean, <laughs> no, it, yeah, it's like it's it's not like it's not really been on her character model until she says there's blood in the key, and then she like in instinctively like touches it while Hunter's yeah. like looking away, and then it's always on her character model, like kind of always poking out of her jacket a bit, and it's like. <laughs> I get that you want to like keep this away from Luz, but why don't you just leave it with Gus and Willow? <laughs> like, I know that Gus is not all that responsible as we see with Foodie, but it's like Willow's at least the most responsible. Then leave it with her. <laughs> She's not going to give it to Luz to let her swallow it. <laughs> it's just weird that it sticks out of her jacket. Like I say, she doesn't. She moves to touch well, yeah, it. She, it she doesn't pull it out or push it. Yeah, she yeah. Just, like, I mean, taps it through her jacket, and all of a sudden it's out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at least, like, it makes sense why Hunter spots it, because she is kind of leaning forward, so it is kind of, like, dangling a little bit out of her jacket, but at the same time, this key has not been shown on her character model at all for this entire episode, ever since she put it around her neck. It's like, please, no. <laughs> also, how is this, like, has it have, like, a string on it? It didn't have a string on it back when Ida had it, I think. It's only had, like, a string on it. I think ever since like either gave it to Luz in like the season one finale, I don't remember fully. Yeah, I mean, I guess especially when it's like he doesn't have the door anymore, but they want to make sure to keep the key safe. Again, if you want to keep the key safe, don't bring it with you on a dangerous mission, or you know there's gonna be a bunch of reppers coming, guys. I guess they didn't know there were gonna be a bunch, but it makes sense that there are. Yeah, it's it's strange that like these yeah. I see that's a lot where like the subtitles have him saying the staffs are weird and not real staffs are weird. But he definitely says real staffs are weird, which makes sense considering he's only ever used an artificial staff up until now. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think, 
Good question. I think it has something to do with the curse interfering with any magic she does, because we see that with the bard magic, first and foremost. So, like, I, I feel like it's, like, she can't use any of her natural magic, but any time that she would try to use Owlbert, it would, or, uh, in her case, a quote-unquote mandolin, yes. it would just, like, fuck up, I guess. So that's why she just doesn't bother. Well, I realize we've waited until late in the season to ask this question, but it seems like something she should have explored. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's worth asking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it might be something that she tried off screen and I was like, yeah, this ain't worth it, or whatever. <laughs> I'll stick with the uh, glyphs, I guess, and also now hoppy mode, because like we don't. Re I know. I guess we do see they use uh, glyphs in episode eleven as well. So it's like, yeah, like like he isn't just relying on harpy mode now, but like he kind of is in this episode. It's like he doesn't have any glyphs on her, it seems. <laughs> Because, again, if they had glyphs, it's like, okay, well, just use, like, a vine to, like, pull yourself up from the yeah. ravine. Or, everybody <laughs> knows that, how to cast a uh, plant spell. She did it in a flashback. That's, that's a Why can't she do that? Uh, yes, so there's a very cool fight that I'm not going to describe all of because it's a fight scene and you don't want to play. But, mostly, it's after teleporting around, it's like Amity using Abomination to use a shield to protect <laughs> against these attacks. Yeah. Until she finds a big Abomination just punches She's just got Yeah. Yeah, it's not been very long, but once she decided to actually start like fighting for somebody that she cares about as opposed to just trying to be the best, turns out she's way better now. She's yeah. got the power of, of uh, friendship, love, and anime on her side now compared to before, where it's just anime. <laughs> she could do was make a straight line and try to step on this. <laughs> That's true, it was doing that, but... Well, destroying its head, too, and growing more, but yeah. Yeah, but now she's able to do so much more of it. <laughs> Which, again, as we'll see, not the extent of what she can do, because as we'll see, uh, next week she can just make a fucking skateboard, so I guess they know what skateboards are in the morning house. <laughs> I pre presumably lose total what skateboards are, I don't think anybody has skateboards there. <laughs> It's like why would they why would they need skateboards when they have fucking magic staff? But yeah. Yeah. Yep. Ebony Blight will kill a motherfucker for her girlfriend. <laughs> Even so if it's up to and including the right-hand man of the fucking emperor. <laughs> I mean, it's like partially that and also him not being used to using an actual staff is the thing. I think it's more what's going on. Or more accurately, hasn't done anything strong to say that anybody has so he's he's had a fucking yeah yeah but he's had like a lot of like emotional duress with like being worried about what Bellows thinks of him and also being a prisoner and then also being depressed so like he, he's had a rough day even if it's kind of been more or less the same day that everybody else has being out here in the cold and everything I don't feel like it's necessarily a matter of excuse for this particular fight like yeah he, he's like very yeah. 
I guess, but I, I can't, I kind of read it as him, sorry, I kind of read it as him just being, like, very desperate and just, like, so, trying yeah, to find an out rather than potentially letting the key get away. That's free rune. I think that's some like flesh vein stuff. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's a tree. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the, the Titan is a skeleton, <laughs> so it's like the Titan has more problems than just being having a tr potential tree growing in him because he's fucking maybe dead, partially dead in stasis. Who the fuck knows? She does use a little bit of that It's it's very still very much like a funny contrast to like that scene where it like it sounds like it's gonna be like a really like not great deal on Eda's <laughs> behalf and meanwhile it turns out it's just doing the usual stuff that she does of just eating rodents because we see all those bones in her nuts so like she's been doing that anyway just because she wants to she probably just doesn't want to eat nine of them in such like quick succession I guess it's also this very funny where it's like yeah the owl beast is like an animal of course it just wants food. <laughs> Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. 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 And maybe she has a stack of fire glyphs to just cook it on uh, the road. <laughs> it's, a it's a very funny uh, morning marker comic where she doesn't want to cook lunch for kings, so she has at least draw a big fire glyph, puts it outside, throws some breadcrumbs on it, and has like a demon bird fly on it. It doesn't mean to get cooked. This is justifiably horrified about it, but she still eats it too. <laughs> Well, because so, for some reason she hasn't told them what she actually did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes, we did see her crush a fucking gemstone pendant in back in episode 2 of this season. Like, Lucio said is not the only one that has strong girlfriend arms now. Emily Blight has always had, like, massive grip. Which is also something that comes up a lot in fan comics of her just like showing off that she like she's trying to like squeeze like an apple or something and accidentally like Chris Crowley crushes it and that's a squirt everywhere. It's very it's a very funny thing that keeps going around yeah, that apparently so Emily Blade has such in insane uh fifth strength. <laughs> yeah. The thing that I think 
that I don't really get about this is why she's so confused that Ida thinks there's murderers. Like, she's aware she didn't tell Ida what happens, but she doesn't seem aware that Ida doesn't know what happens. <laughs> Yeah, I think in Amity's case, she's just relieved that at least they still have some of the blood compared to having none, because it's not like it's a total loss. Also, it's like, in th in this case, it's like, Luce doesn't care really about the fact that they didn't get the blood, at least what she knows at this point, because she just cares about the fact that they're all still okay. Like, Luce being a very good little uh, person and, like, not caring about the objective and only caring about people is such a good thing. So, like, yeah. Can we just say the bird's name, considering they still have not said the bird's name in the show, even when it seemed like it was pretty obvious that they were supposed to probably say it sometime in episode 13? Uh, but we know, cause we ha <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think they would make it up for the sake of that. I mean, they also confirmed that Lilith is ace and arrow in that, and it's like I don't think they would roll that back. I mean, that's also where we got the name drop of Flora this Flora and yeah. Lilith's new job, and those were those game canon. <laughs> Got fucking Dora the Explorer <laughs> confirmed in canon anyway. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure the bird's name will, but fine, I guess. <laughs> it's just that it's a little bit annoying to just keep calling him the Cardinal or Rascal. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't. I don't think Hunter will be. I don't think Hunter will be in an episode until episode sixteen, Hollow Mind. I don't think he's gonna be in reaching out, nor them talking. <laughs> yeah, but but he also had an air quote an air quotes mission to do in that episode. So that's also I guess kind of similar to this episode where like Luce is really not a focal point character in it at all. It's like really more so just about Hunter and Willow of all people. <laughs> so it's like, hey, we kept we kept talking for months there of like maybe Willow will get to do something in season two. Willow got to do something in season two. <laughs> Hooray! And she probably won't after this now. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, it is a case of we do know that Hunter will be in Hollow Mind, though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even Amity's that episode is like, she's not as featured all that much. Like, they have, like, a very minor beat plot in that episode where they're not, they're in, they're in it for, like, all, like, maybe five minutes of that. Yeah. Yeah, where they show up uh, occasionally because like the main A plot is so much more important. Yep. Uh, yeah, this I remember seeing just a lot of people think like this is like early on this is the episode <laughs> that people thought that Lumi was gonna become canon and not the Hoodie episode, because admittedly it's a Hoodie episode. And also, I remember people thinking that this was going to be an episode where some, like, a main character died for some reason. 
is like that doesn't happen but like kind of gets a little close with the fact that like Ida again is not being a very responsible individual and almost gets three of them killed <laughs> like we again another episode where we don't get any like loose crimes it's like more like Ida is Ida putting people in uh, danger because of her like kind of idiocy more than anything and also Amity getting a big crime there of treason <laughs> Exactly. Who who among us can never <laughs> say that they have done a true crime when it's not actually being a crime against the government directly? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I guess we should probably just get into episode 10 because it's also a big one. <laughs> and it's also has uh, some real raw stuff in it too. <laughs> no, I, again, like... God, I, that last like 30 seconds made me cry again, and it always does. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah, okay, so uh, the, the mid-season finale, episode 10, Yesterday's Lie, uh, really just starts in Luce's room in the human realm, where she has changed her hairstyle into like a much straighter, organized look, and is busy clearing out some of her old possessions. Her mom, Camilla, sees her carried outside in a box and is a bit sad that Luce says she wants them to have a fresh start, even if it means she's, like, getting rid of a bunch of her old childhood and stuff. But they hear... Hmm? Yeah, it, it's it's kind of a weird episode, I'll admit. That's why I'm being a bit, like, lying my ass off about what's going on at the moment. But yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah, they hear a rabbit being caught in a stair in the woods near their house, and Camille frees it with a pair of pliers while Luce talks about how it's the fifth one this week. Which that kind of really, like, set off some, like, warning signals in your head if you're, like, having to free, like, five different animals in the course of seven days from snares on your property. Like, Camille is, like, acting a little bit, like, yeah, like, she admittedly is, like, being like, yeah, I will, like, I, I don't know what she says in Spanish, but I think it's her, like, saying that she's gonna smack somebody with her sandal, roughly. Or, like, at least, like, hit somebody if, when she finds out who it is, because they are intruding on private property, basically. But it's like... Okay, yeah, so it's it's vague enough, but it's like, hey, she does eventually pow-pow the guy, so whatever. <laughs> But it's like, it's still a case of like, I feel like if you found so many snares being put on your lawn, catching animals, you would probably tell the authorities, right? <laughs> you probably wouldn't just keep writing it off. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't. I don't think the old house is, but it's like, I mean, the snare is at least, like, close enough to her home that it, like, seems like it is very much on that. Yeah, not very far, but, like, she probably owns, like, a little bit past in the woods before, like, some provider, but she probably doesn't own the old house. But yeah. Uh, after returning to her room, Luce opens her closet to take a shirt out, which, I have a note, that's just straight up the bait of Luce's shirt, because it's the purple and white one. <laughs> it shows up again here, just like it did in the picture of uh, Camille with a younger Luce wearing it. <laughs> after she does that, uh, she closes the closet, but is surprised by another Luce in her reflection shouting at her. Because then we get the opening and learn that that scene was actually already in progress, because we kind of rewind a bit. Because the mirror loose is the real one, and the other loose is the doppelganger we got hints of back in Jade the Grand Pride and Keeping Up Appearances. Yeah, 
Which is, again, nobody was really expecting it to go this way when it came to Creepy Lose, huh? <laughs> and yeah, from those two, but also I feel like that was intentional Mr. Right, because, again, she's just the sweetest scared little child. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the real Luz has finished building a portal, and she said that Philip's instructions were actually pretty straightforward once you knew how to make one. Like, the major part was just, like, trying to actually find somebody who knew how to build one based on the uh, instructions in the diary. And she basically rips off one of the blood-covered fingers of Amity's glove as the final ingredient, meaning that they have four more uses left. And as we'll see, uses up another one in uh, episode 12. On um, something. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Ida powers it up with her flying bathtub from separate tides, and the door ends up being a little bit wonky because it's not a solid rectangle. It's like got some weird angles to it. Yeah, but Luce decides... It yeah, it's 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 a much stranger looking door. It's got like weird eyes and like different spots compared to just like the one singular near the top. But yeah, but Lou says she can't miss this one chance to see her mom, so she's gonna take it anyway. She ties a rope to herself for either King and Hoodie to use in case it starts to close, so they can pull her back out. And then just <laughs> fully says caution to the loves caution to the wind and says yellow and jumps inside that shit, <laughs> which is still. You feel like you might want to try to test something by, like, throwing, like, a rock in first to make sure it doesn't just, like, blow up as soon as it hits the door, but whatever. Lucy's 14, she thinks she's immortal. <laughs> but yeah, she ends up in a strange-looking green world where some cubes are floating out of a kind of goopy, water-like ceiling and floor. Because, like, it kind of just has, like, the same watery surface that she pops out of on the ceiling as well. And she shouts for everybody else, trying to see if they can hear her, because she's like, something's gone wrong. And instead, a cube floats over to her, and she looks inside of it and realizes that the cube shows her reflections of whoever she says the name of, because it shows her the outhouse inhabitants. And she immediately, like, wonders if she could check up on Amity on this, but immediately, like, dismisses the notion as the cube floats up to her, because it's like, come on, you yes. got a mission. And also, maybe don't spy on your girlfriend like this, Lucy. You don't know what she might be doing. <laughs> Yeah, like, she, she easily figures out that she can't distract herself, and instead she says her mom's name to try to find her, and has to use a floating cube to reach the one that has her mom in it near the ceiling, because she realizes her glyphs crumbled in dust, so she can't use them in here. And yeah, she... Hmm? Anyway, yeah. This appears on her mom's phone screen, where she sees Kamiya listening to music as she cooks, and then spots the imposter walk in. Uh, Luz freaks out because she has not been informed that there is apparently a fake Luz going around, <laughs> pretending to be her, and she tries to get her mom's attention, but Camilla cannot hear her because of the music and since she's talking to the fake Luz, so she instead tries to follow her duplicate to find out what's going on. Uh, she tries the names Luz Asena 2.0 <laughs> and Doppelganger, which is very funny. It's like, I get Luz is panicking, but it's very funny that she tries Luz Asena 2.0 <laughs> at like that point. But yeah, when they don't work, she tells herself to come. Hmm? <laughs> but yeah, it, it's just, yeah, immediately she doesn't know what the imposter's name is, so she doesn't know what to do, and she just tells herself to calm down and count to five, which actually ends up having a cube appear that repeats the intro, but a little bit different, because Luce looks a little bit less disheveled and beat up compared to the intro. It's very, it's again, very strange that they, like, kind of did the structure to it, but it's like, I mean, clearly it was, like, supposed to be a bit throwing off and then be like, oh, okay, that's not actually loose. That's the that's the duplicate we've been seeing bits of. But yeah. Uh, the fake loose screams, and her voice changes immediately, because I guess you can just change between them and have it drop a hat for no reason. Very helpful thing to be able to do if you're trans, I'm gonna say. 
episode of Great Kick. Whether you know this, Nate honestly, mm-hmm. just a weird pick for throwing the old loose stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ki- kind of not a great look, especially when we hear her talk about what her initial plan was with this whole thing. It's like, Today. you say you didn't mean to take it this far, but also you're throwing out all loose stuff. <laughs> not cool. Yeah, not cool. <laughs> but yeah, it, in her panic, she picks up a bat to smash the mirror, which this bat is straight up also Beta Loose's bat that she would have as her main weapon with some glyphs on it <laughs> if they went with that pitch instead of what they went with. And she's instead just shouting at the real Loose about how she won't go back to the demon realm. Kamiya asks Luce if everything is fine since he heard her scream, and the actual Luce tells her that she just saw spoilers for Monster Slayer Academia. Which is a very funny pull, just combining Monster Slayer and My Hero Academia. But yeah, she's out of the cover, and the fake just fully jumps out the open window to get away from the real Luce, because she thinks she's going to drag her back to the demon realm. <laughs> yeah, the, the fake runs and hides in the old house that initially let Luce to the demon realm, and Luce pops up in a little, like, pocket mirror thing. What, what are those things called? The little, like, pocket compact. Yeah, that word. I was trying to think of what that was. But yeah, she pops up in there, after, like, following after her, and the fake uh, just complains about the house she'll have to run again, but accidentally triggers another snare that was put in the house, and in her panic, accidentally reverts to her true self, which, as we'll later find out, is one of the younger basilisks that we saw back on the first day. Well, we didn't see her in particular, but she is a basilisk just like that one. Uh, Luce calms her down and like saying she just wants to know what's going on and what her name is, and the basilisk calls himself V, while only partially transforming back into her disguise, which keeps her ear, face markings, and different eyes currently, so she wouldn't blend in much. Uh, Luce wa- yeah, it, it's a cute look. <laughs> Luce walks her through escaping from the snare, and V explains how she was just looking for a place to belong and didn't mean to take things too far. Again, V, you were just throwing out all of Luce's shit. If you didn't mean things go this far, why would you be throwing out all Luce's stuff? <laughs> I know it's been like oh, roughly four months since Luce disappeared from the human realm, but still, you don't know that she might not come back at some point. <laughs> she clearly is. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, this comes up with an idea to have V continue to pretend to be herself while, until she can find a way back home and then explain things to her mom. Not a great plan, but at least it's something, I guess. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, v explains that she needs to eat magic to transform and use up the last of her reserve to par- just partially transforming back into her disguise. I guess it's because, like, just because she hasn't been able to eat magic in, like, four months' time, she's probably just been, like, slowly draining herself a bit over time. Is magic like food to this? Or is it just gathering power for the transformations? It's. Based on the flashback, it seems like it is their food source, and like they need to eat it from something, even if it's magical creatures or just items. I mean. I think it's that, like, they can eat food because, like, she's there cooking food with her fake mom and everything, so it's like, I I feel like if Luce wasn't eating any food for four months, somebody would have been wondering what's going on. So I don't think she's, like, literally wasting away. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We we have established multiple times that the food system in this show doesn't make a lot of sense when you really examine it, so... (laughs) 
I mean, there's the fact that apparently witches can eat human food, but not the other way around, so who knows? He was just passing the high five in the middle of the way out. Swoop into the aisles, grab some magic, come back. Maybe, who knows? Yeah. Or as we do see Ida has been dropping off stuff in the, across the human realm for some reason. Not doing a very good job of keeping witches the secret from humanity if you're just leaving some of your shit all over the place, Ida. <laughs> but whatever. But yeah, Luz tries to think for a moment to help out V and sees the discarded newspaper that has Ida's photo on it, saying that she probably left something magical behind because she's been going to the town like for years just collecting human junk, so it's probably likely she dropped something or in the way. Uh, so V carries the pocket, no, not the pocket, the compact with loose in it, and, you know, just to leave the house to go try to find something, and we see a camera has been recording her the whole time. Definitely not ominous. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, v uses a, like, a wintry cat hat with those, like, ear flaps to hide her ears and sunglasses to hide her, uh, you know, face markings and different eyelids, and she passes by. Yeah. Yeah, if people know who Luce is, it's like, okay, yeah, it's that not say the kid. She's a weirdo anyway, whatever. But yeah, she she passes by a uh, sign that says that Luce lives in the, the city of Gracefield, which I remember looking up what this is supposed to be like a parallel of in the real world equivalent, because it's no Gracefield in real life, but I don't remember which city it is in Connecticut. You'd think I would maybe know this a little bit better now, considering I now live in Connecticut myself. It's definitely not a parallel to Hartford, I know that. But yeah. Uh, she arrives at the Robin's Rose Cafe that was pictured in the paper because Ida apparently was, like, caught, like, as they figure out, she was enchanting pastries there when it's, like, the people there don't know what the hell she did because she was trying to, like, get away with not paying for food. <laughs> yeah. Specifically says, the headline says that she was banned immediately while walking in. So, it's not like she was being subtle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't. I didn't see. I didn't see that part. <laughs> I mean, the the description we get from the birth is a little different, though. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe they just spiced it up for the newspaper. <laughs> but yeah, Luz directs her there because she thinks that they might still have a pastry that Ida had enchanted, and V sits around for magic and asks the barista who misinterprets her question thinking she's referring to a local conspiracy theorist, but V instead points to a photo of Vida on the Band for Life poster list. And I'm not sure, but I think at least one of the people that they have in the photos here is actually either an animator or a person from like a, that runs a different show? I don't remember fully. I, I, I want to say that, that the pictures they use on that besides Vida's are like actually like real people <laughs> that they just put on there, much like the graves from episode 5. Yeah, but I'm not fully sure. Uh, the barista says they tossed away the croissants that Ida apparently had enchanted since they didn't know what was going on with them, but that apparently they have a different problem, which they don't specify, but I feel like if they knew, what the, if they were fully aware what the problem is, they would be more freaking out a little bit. Because <laughs> V follows to where she pointed outside and sees some rats have a grand ability to talk by eating the croissants. So it's like, I'm pretty sure they don't know the full extent of what's going on. They probably just are like, oh, they attract a lot of rats as they're hanging around. I don't think the rats are just talking to random people. They probably can, like, detect that V is a demon or something, so that's why they're talking to her. But who knows? There's just some fucking talking rats hanging out in the, the alleyway nearby. Like, Luz excited about it because she's like, hey, cool shit, talking rats. But V's scared and just runs away from them. And... 
while they look around for some other options, we see some teenagers affect his Odom card that Ida apparently had tossed away in the human realm after the events of Hootie's moving hassle. Ida, yeah, why didn't you just give them to somebody in the demon realm? Why'd you just chuck him out in the human realm? <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong with what the human realm has been like in modern oh, times. It's, just... it's like, yeah, it's like, it's, yeah, things are not good here, but like, it's not a, it's trash, not a, just yeah, a trash so pile. Logically, it must be the trash realm. <laughs> So she's yeah, she's got it's yeah, it's it's like a trade. You have to like give some trash to take some trash. It's like the, it's like the take a penny and leave a penny. <laughs> but yeah, uh, V doesn't smell any magic on them at a distance, so Lou suggests that they just if she simply just asks them to see where they can get more, but also warns her about talking to teenagers. But instead, it turns out these kids are actually V's friends from summer camp, and they don't actually have names, unfortunately. I know some people have said that like the. Uh, the one girl looks a little bit like Molly Knox Ostertag a little, but like I don't know if they just have no names or whatever, but they don't ever get credit. They're not even in the credits at all. Because like, I know that uh, the goth girl is voiced by Grey Delise, I think her name is, who I think she like just does a bunch of like background characters, and the guy is also voiced by Zena Robinson, but we don't know much about him aside that. But yeah, uh, the goth girl wants to give uh, V a reading before she tells her where she got them from. And her reading ends with being pretty accurate to both of them, as we later find out, because she basically reads that, uh, I have it in quotes here, of you're running from your past, from a previous life that was not kind to you, however the guilt and fear you carry will eventually <laughs> catch you in a self-fulfilling prophecy that you won't be able to escape from. Definitely not ominous. <laughs> but yeah, uh, she then directs the... T I'm hoping they come this evil priest or something. Yeah, I, I, I kinda I kinda hope that we do like get a glimpse of these kids again at some point. Like if we get like a scene in the very last special of like Luce being in the human realm again and meeting them. Which definitely will cause uh, some questions because like V will have to tell them about how she's not actually loose, but who knows. They'll cause that bridge when they come to it, I guess. But yeah. She directs V to the Gracefield Historical Society where she got the cards from, and V meets a curator who never gets named in the context of the show, really. He gets named indirectly because his name is actually on the newspaper that they were looking at, where his name is Jacob Hopkins, I think is his last name. Let me scroll down a bit. Uh, yes, Jacob Hopkins is his actual name, but they never actually like really directly refer to him by name, so I'm just going to call him Jacob for the sake of that, because I don't want to say curator a lot. <laughs> but yeah, he immediately catches on that she, like a lot of other teenagers that have been coming in, are interested in cards, because apparently they're just a popular thing. Because he actually just straight up bought them off Ida a while back when she was trying to throw them in the river. <laughs> so, uh, Jacob goes to get them, and V just has some time to look around a bit, and she looks a bit upset after talking to the goth kid. So Luce asks her what's, that it's okay, and tells her that she knows all what it's like to run away from home, which V straight up just gets annoyed at. Like, she straight up... She straight up, like, kind of lets loose justifiably have it, saying that she had a mom, a home, and a life, and yet still threw it all away, when she didn't have a choice. And then we get uh, V's backstory time, because she explains that her real name is Number 5, and was an experiment conducted by Bellos where he brought the bats back from extinction in order to study their method of draining magic, where she and some other, uh... <laughs> yeah, hmm, don't know why Bellos would want to learn any way of, like, getting rid of the source of magic at all. Hmm, nope. But yeah. 
she and her fellow Captain Basilis were tortured, and like we even get a shot of like V being forced to drain magic from like magic realm rats. But eventually, she like stands up to defend them because he doesn't like actually draining magic from living things. And eventually, they she and some of them somehow escape. They don't really get into this, and I kind of don't wonder. I, I kind of don't think they ever will. It's just like somehow to get out. Yeah, probably that. And she happened to see Luz arrive uh, uh, in the demon realm that one day and snuck through Ida's open door and kind of just accidentally met Camille while pretending to be Luz because she didn't have a context for what other humans look like, so she just pretended to be her, more or less. But Camille was nice to her and wanted to, like, drive her to camp instead, like, said she got the day off and everything, so she kind of just went along with it because she was just looking for a place to belong and somebody to be nice to her. And she's still really conflicted about it because, like, yeah, she's, like, kind of chews loose out about it, but is also grateful for having run away from it all to actually give her this chance. <laughs> so, yeah. Again, but don't throw out her shit, me. <laughs> Stop. Don't throw out this stuff. <laughs> kind of makes you a bit suspicious that you got really changed over just three months at the camp, supposedly. But yeah. Uh, v then uh, smells uh, magic coming from a, a source and just fully wanders into a back room that is, when she turns the light, sees it's full of weapons and a bunch of witch conspiracy items with a fan placed in front of the deck of Hexasodom cards as though to waft the scent towards somebody who can smell magic. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, she backs away from like the whole conspiracy panel board when she realizes that something's been going on and accidentally wakes up a computer from sleep mode where it's playing the video of her in the old house, and she just finally freaks out because she realizes somebody's been watching them this whole time and tries to get to the door, but she runs through like a little laser grid, which causes a cage to drop on top of her, and again, in her panic, she accidentally trans back into her, uh, transforms back into her true self. Uh, and also, like I guess, the compact also breaks, so Luz has to use like a different like painting that's in there, just on the floor. Yeah. She, she might have actually just stepped out across it, or potentially, like, the curator, or I guess Jacob, might have been, like, paying attention and realized that when she went to the back door, then activated it. Like, it might be something you can activate remotely. Yeah, not sure. She might have also just actually stepped over it when she walked in. <laughs> I mean, the goal was to capture her anyway, so it's like she might have just walked in the wrong place. Also, again, good, good spacing on her part being in the exact middle of the room where the cage was, because if she had stepped off to the side by, like, a foot, the cage would not have dropped on her. <laughs> or, or, yeah, it could have crushed her ass. But yeah, uh, her scream alerts Jacob, and he's stoked to have caught a real demon, and he explains that he accidentally had an encounter with Eden in her owlbeast form a few years back, which I don't know why Eden's just hanging out in the human realm. I, I guess because the curse just kind of rears up and she maybe just didn't have her elixirs, but like, she can tell when it's about to rear up based on her gem color, so I don't know why she was willing to just wander the human realm around that same time, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he said that this was, like, years ago, so it's, like, this might have been, like, even before she met King, potentially? Who knows? But, yeah. Yeah, we're not sure. But, yeah. Uh, this event led him to be given steps with revealing that witches and demons are real, but his uh, <laughs> YouTube conspiracy holds him to believe that they're from Mars and harvesting human teeth to power a time machine, which results in a very mimetic come-the-fuck-on-loose from, from loose in the, the painting <laughs> reflection. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's like if he didn't even steal human teeth, he could. There's a human on the pointing out, he could have easily taken her teeth. But he doesn't. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah. After V says that he just truly doesn't know anything at all about witches and demons, he replies that he plans on exposing the truth on the internet to get verified and that V will be in a cage the rest of her life. <laughs> Again, very, very petty. He doesn't, like, care about, like, the, like, the popularity of, like, having exposed, like, witches and demons are real. He just wants his account verified. <laughs> it's kind of funny, but also this guy super sucks, because he's just reminiscent of so many people these days. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit too close to home. <laughs> but yeah, after he leaves to go, like, I guess prepare for whatever he's doing next, uh, Vetus tells Zeus to leave and it'd be pointless to try and get her out since Jacob knows what her disguise looks like. But she can turn it to anybody, so, like, why, why would it, she could just be whoever else and it wouldn't matter. Whatever. <laughs> but it also would cause more trouble for Kamiya than if she had just disappeared from her life, as opposed to finding out that she's been harboring a magic monster, I guess. And she also really sadly says that she's used to life in a cage, so to not worry, and that's not great. <laughs> but then, like, basically the, like, fourth, uh, Luce's hand, V just smashes the painting that Luce is in. And when Luce cannot get a cube to show her, uh, V again, she instead decides to finally do the responsible thing and talk to her mom after, like, four months. <laughs> and this time, Camilla doesn't have her phone music on, so she actually hears Luce on the phone. And Luz says that she has figured out who set up the traps and that he's hurting a friend of hers, but that she also has to come clean about everything at first. And we also get like one of those like kind of small like time passes kind of skips just to like, get over having explained everything. Because the scene just cuts to Camilla outside the historic society where she fully doesn't really buy Luz's story. She thinks that it's just one of her little games of being her usual goofy self. And just is like, yeah, just come pick up my friend and I from this. It's definitely just normal. Yep, totally. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Camilla walks in there and like, kind of does a little wink and nod at Jacob saying that she got a tip about a demon he caught. And he just immediately misreads it as Camilla must be from the government sent by the president. <laughs> Camilla just responds that she's a veterinarian. And he's like, oh, well, the president sent a vet to study the demon's anatomy. This all checks out. <laughs> Very dumb, this guy does not check for any sort of, like, verification to show that she's, like, from the government, presumably, but or even just that she's a vet, but whatever, he's a dumb conspiracy theorist, so of course he just comes along with this. But he does tell her that she has to make a verbal agreement for to let him publish his findings first, which is not at all something that holds up in court. <laughs> just, you have to have paperwork, my guy, not just a recording that says, uh, sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess, yeah. Pr probably not, <laughs> I think, for the most part. But yeah, Kamiya likewise misinterprets this as Luce having made Kamiya part of the game that's going on. <laughs> and, oh boy, this poor woman's getting in for, uh, <laughs> we're the waking of a lifetime here <laughs> in about two minutes. Uh, Jacob tells Kamiya the secret history of Gracefield, where apparently two brothers were lured into another realm by a real witch, and that while most people have forgotten this truth, he still knows it and is going to, like, reveal it to the world. Also, we're pointing out he straight up has a training wand on his desk. I guess maybe Edith threw that out too? Who knows? But there's definitely a training wand right there, and it has a full battery. But yeah. I wonder? I guess that would work, because it has like a magic power source, so like if Zeus had gotten that, she would actually be able to use magic in the human realm until it ran out. Hmm. Uh, yeah. 
He then unveils V to Kamiya, and Kamiya at first thinks that it's a very impressive costume, but quickly realizes that, no, this is a straight-up actual demon, and other Dora's been honest about the story that's been going on. Especially when she gets shown footage of V being caught in the snare and transforming into her basilisk form. Uh, Jacob gets a little bit too distracted by, like, wanting to get down a suit of, like, Renfair armor he had made for this occasion. I don't know why this guy has this, but at the same time, this makes total sense that he would have this. Because, I, well, he also thinks that more demons are going to come to help free V, so he, I guess he's got to be prepared. And while he's talking with that, uh, Lucy assures her mom that everything she has told her so far is true, and that V is just scared and is a good person. It's like she's not a monster or anything, even though, she, I mean, she is technically a monster, but not a monster monster. But yeah, uh, Kamiya assures V, telling her that it's like, oh, okay, yeah, so it's all good, don't worry about it, but... Jacob sees Luce on the phone at that point and thinks that Kamiya is just recording everything, but he's also stoked about it because he's like, okay, let's start the live section now. And like, very funny scene where Kamiya tries to, to keep up the charade by saying the president's just called, and like, even though Luce is trying to encourage her, she's just like, I don't have the fucking imagination for this instead, and tells him to just back the hell, back the hell up and let her take V in peace and everything. And that she has proof that he's been setting up traps and camera on her private property, so she actually has dirt on this guy compared to what he thinks he has on her with his, his, her, the verbal agreement. And then she just straight up fucks his day up and knock him out for Sandal, so she makes good on her threat to pow-pow him, I guess. <laughs> Which, again, this guy's wearing, like, a suit of Renfair armor and has a knife. <laughs> I guess he just sucks at fighting, and I guess can be as just... Good with a sandal weapon, I guess. Who knows? He seems to have designed it with its trust. It's very dumb and over the top. I guess he's got that's it. That's it. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's yeah, it's it's not the full set though. It's the thing. But yeah. They, uh, just straight up leave him in the cage, so, like, unless he can unlock it from the inside, <laughs> that guy is also surely dead. But at the same time, we said this thing about Tibbles, and Tibbles is back, so maybe this guy ain't dead. <laughs> Let's put a pin in that. He might or may, not, may or may not come back and may or may not be dead. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, fair. But yeah. I mean... Yeah, he... Yeah, he, he probably also has his phone on him, so he can probably just call for help to have somebody come in and unlock it, if he has the key somewhere else. Also, also fair, that guy might be dead, who knows. <laughs> but yeah, Kamiya and V drive home, and since it started raining, the car's lights are causing a reflection in the rain that lets Zeus basically have like a full body present in the human realm to talk to them, as opposed to her normal little small reflections. And Camille assures V that she has a home with her for as long as she needs and give her the cards that she had taken in from yeah, Jacob because Luce said they'd be useful. And V just wanders off to the, the house happily stuff. eating them to just leave the two alone. Yep. Yeah, she is she is eating them like they are potato chips. It's a little bit of an inconsistency, but maybe that's how you have to absorb magic from objects. Like maybe you have to eat the object instead of draining it from it. Who knows? But yeah. Uh with V out of the way, Camille's just fully on the verge of tears about Lucy's situation though, since she's like, I've never been this scared about anything in my life. And Lucy assures her that she will get a proper portal working. And Camilla just says that she's interred so much in the last few months, and Luce at that point accidentally lets slip that staying in the demon realm was the best decision she ever made, which Camilla fully reads as Luce having been absolutely miserable at home, and 
didn't want to stay around with her anymore. But before Luz can, like, actually try to explain the situation, because I doubt that she's actually really fully been able to explain everything that's been going on the last four months, she starts to get pulled by the rope because stuff is happening on the other side in the demon realm. And Camilla asks Luz to promise her to stay home when she gets back, and despite her pleas that the problem is never her mom's fault, Luz sadly agrees to this before being pulled out of the collapsing portal by the rest of the people at the Owl House. And the episode ends on Luz trying to put on a strong face about everything, but she masks the truth from the others about what happened and looks absolutely yeah. concerned about what the future holds. And this is how they left the show for like seven fucking months. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's a fucking lot in that episode. <laughs> Yeah. I don't have a lot of notes about it in particular. There were just a few things I know. Like, uh, R.I.P. Bear Trap Demon, we brought him up back when we talked about him in The Intruder, but he is definitely sacrificed as a port of the portal door. <laughs> that poor guy is dead. <laughs> but yeah, uh... And also, uh, V's story isn't fully consistent with the events of Season 1, Episode 1, because Ida had closed the portal door before Luz had attracted customers to the stands, so V wouldn't have had the door open to flee into the human realm. But I guess they just rewrote that of like a little bit of like, oh yeah, I guess you know, open up the door afterwards. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I think she's like approaching. I think she, I think she's approaching the door, but the door is like kind of hidden by like the front of the camera's perspective. So like we don't see her like directly go through it. But I mean, she has to obviously do that to get to the human realm because like how else would she? Yeah. Yeah, but like, I mean, it's not long after that scene when like Ida summons the portal door back to her, and then she and Luce escapes from the cops. So, who knows? But yeah, uh, I have a note here as well that the reveal that there were two brothers who went to the demon realm is the first glimpse you get of Philip being a very unreliable narrator <laughs> who would go on to rewrite history over the course of the centuries because he never mentions his brother in the diary, from what we have seen. <laughs> Which, again, as we see in episode 12, that guy's a fucking liar. <laughs> True. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, we if we do go based on that picture of the two of them being the brothers, the brother is the one that has what looks like a cardinal palisman. Which may or may not be Little Rascal, so we're not sure, because, like, the one who's presumably Philip has what looks like a glyph that he's holding, which, again, I feel like it's not spoilers much because it's almost been two weeks since the episode there, and then also we're going to be covering it next week anyway, but we do see Philip can use glyphs in the episode that he's in. But yeah. And another thing I have here is this, like, Lucy's shoes and the hem of her clothes do kind of get ruined by the in-between, because they're, like, a faded, like, shade of, like, blackish green when she's pulled out of the door. But she has her normal shoes on after this episode anyway, so maybe she just has extra pairs of her shoes, presumably, but we haven't seen her cloak since then, so we don't know if it was permanently damaged or not. Yeah. But at the same time, it was really just the hem of it that was, like, a little bit torn up, so it's probably that the whole cloak is ruined. It's probably just, like, a little bit that would protect her legs. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was... Yeah... 
Pretty much, yeah. But yeah, it, it's a nice little look, even though it kind of makes Luce have essentially two jackets on, in a way. Because he has her hoodie and then silver it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fair. I, I don't. <laughs> okay. Okay, that's fair. I have not ever worn a cape as a thing, so I don't know. Aside from if you account like putting a blanket over my shoulders and pretending it's a cape. I mean fair. I mean I've seen your right I've I've seen your Yeah, I I've seen I've seen your array of goth as hell boots, so it just distracts. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, yes, I only have, uh, actually I have a pretty decent amount on trivia here, because again, this show continues to disprove what I said back before season two of, yes, there is trivia. <laughs> so yes, uh, let's just get right into it. Uh, v is, of course, voiced by Michaela Dietz, who is most known for playing Amethyst in all the Steven Universe shows, movie, and video games. She is also the voice of Molly's brother Daryl in The Ghost and Molly McGee. And this was just an interesting tidbit I saw on her Wikipedia page. She herself was adopted, which kind of runs a bit parallel to V's story. And she apparently says that she used some of her experience of being an adoptee while playing Amethyst. So, like, <laughs> just a little, like, interesting note about her. Yeah, I didn't even know that about Michaela Beats. Yeah, I think she has, like, some other minor credits, but, like, being Amethyst is, like, definitely the biggest one for her because everybody loves Amethyst. And yes, uh, J.K. Hopkins, like I mentioned, the museum curator, who we mentioned about where you can find his name from, is voiced by Roger Craig Smith, who we actually already covered, I think, way back in episode one, because he's also the voice of Warden Raff, in addition to being the voice of the Sonic the Hedgehog, Ezio Auditore from Assassin's Creed, and Chris Redfield from Resident Evil, but only between 2009 and 2017. I guess they got a different guy to pl place him as, like, old Chris for Resident Evil 7. Yeah. Just, just a bit funny that the voice of Sonic the Hedgehog is a crazy conspiracy theorist. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And uh, this probably doesn't have to be stated at all, but it's just a fun little thing to bring up. Uh, Abby using a jar of abomination goop in Eclipse Lake is a direct reference to Katara and her water jug from Last Airbender, who of course, as we also brought up, is played by the same person, Mae Whitman. But also the Amity vs. Hunter talk and subsequent fight does kind of mirror a bit of Katara and Zuko's talk and then subsequent fight in Crossroads of Destiny from Season 2. Because they're both like during like very serious events in a really dark green cave where they try to appeal to each other and then have to fight. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's it's more yeah, like because no, like there's that bit where Katara and Zuko kind of realize that they have similar experience to one another is more what I was aiming for. Yeah, yeah, because Hunter and Abedi have that bit too. But yeah, yeah. Aside from that, uh, I've mentioned one of the plushies that looks like uh, Saki. You'll have you pronounced that from Neon Genesis Evangelion that was in uh, King's Plushie Pile from the season one intro because it appears again in Lucy's Plushie Pile. But she also has a plushie that looks like Pooh from Yu Yu Hakusho in the file, too. Yep. 
And this is something I didn't know. Uh, apparently, Ida's attempt to disguise herself looks like the Yokai Fergus <laughs> from Yokai Watch. I looked it up, and yes, it does actually match. It is straight up Fergus. It's it's a very weird pull because also Yokai Watch has kind of been dead for a while. <laughs> Yokai Watch was only popular when I was in Japan back in like uh, August 2014 until like January 2015. It stayed around for a bit, but it didn't stay for very long in even Japan. <laughs> Yeah, but so many people say that about so many other games, like how Killzone was going to be the Halo killer, and then, oops, turns out Halo kind of just went for too long and more or less killed itself in the long run. Because, <laughs> like, I, I don't know if anybody I really stuck with Halo Infinite's multiplayer, because, again, the multiplayer progression, that is bad. If you want any amount of character customization, you need to buy the fucking Battle Pass, and it's annoying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, we mentioned now V references Beta Lucia's design twice with the shirt and also the bat. But uh, I have another thing here about what the wiki uh, article says about the Hex Solum cards and how they reflect the tarot cards. I'm just going to read directly from what I copy and pasted from there. Which is, uh, the card on the left side reflecting the past matches the moon tarot, which represents dreams, deception, and illusions. This ties with V taking Lucia's place and deceiving Camilla to escape her past life. The card in the middle reflecting present time matches the King of Cups, which represents wisdom, compassion, and diplomacy. This fits, v, this fits as V is in a state of compromise with Luce during the episode, but also the skeleton may be referenced to the death card, which spells change and new beginnings, echoing V's accommodation to the human realm. And the card on the right side reflecting the future matches the Three of Swords, which represents loneliness, grief, and betrayal. But in its reverse position, it can mean healing, forgiveness, and recovery. The former is referenced by V being warned of her anguish because of her previous deception, but the latter meaning is fulfilled when V makes amends with Luce instead. So, yeah, a little neat tidbit there, because like, when I saw those cards at first, I was like, this has to have some secret meaning, and I just never had looked it up for seven months until now. So, fun that it actually is pretty accurate. <laughs> Oh, they, they are straight up making the Hexa Solum cards. Did you not see that? Yeah, they, I don't know if they took orders for them already, or if they are, but like I definitely saw them say that they're going to add the, uh, the Banish card <laughs> from uh, Any Sport in the Storm <laughs> that gets spat onto, onto Hunter's face as part of it, just as a bonus. But yeah, uh, I have a few more. Yeah, I, th I think they might not have taken orders yet. But yeah, I remember that as a thing, just like how they also said they're going to make the Abomination <laughs> Skateboard, which is like, do I buy a fucking skateboard when I do not know how to skate? <laughs> I'm going to eat so much shit if I do so, but at the same time, it looks cool. Uh, yeah, I have a few more things here. Uh, there are two brief glimpses that tell us that Luce is out as bi to her mom, as they have a bi pride <laughs> magnet on the fridge, which is in a few scenes. And there's, oh, hey, Kitty. And the, the other brief glimpse is that Camilla was apparently on good terms with Luce's dad, as there's still a photo of them when Luce was younger on the countertop, but presumably he's probably died at some point instead of them being divorced or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't think that she would still have a photo of the family if they like got divorced on bad terms or something like that. So presumably he's just dead. Rip, just for to say that, I guess. Uh, yes, uh, another little thing I have here that I didn't notice until I looked at the wiki. Apparently Jacob has Ninja Turtle weapons on his office in his office above his door because he straight up has a katana, a sai, a staff, and a nunchuck. <laughs> yeah, 
Like, you have the fucking Ninja Turtle weapons, you have distance. Like, the, the, the Chancla does not have far range. It has incredible power, but not range. Just use the staff and knock it out of her hand. But, yeah. but yes, also, V is apparently a reference to V for Vendetta, because they both take their names from the Roman numeral and were parts of experiments in their past. So, fun. <laughs> and also, the last thing I have here is Jacob's theory about demons being from Mars might be a reference to the Doom video games because they take place on Mars and have demons on it. <laughs> they don't try to power a time machine with teeth, though. But yeah, that's a thing that happens in those games. Definitely also in the 2016 one because, I mean, the straight up is that screen that says Demon Invasion in Progress on Mars. Yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> Yeah, I <laughs> Yeah, it gets it gets a little confusing at points. I only played that game once because I rented it through like GameFly for like PS4 back in the day. I've kind of almost like bought it at times because it's usually on sale for like six bucks on Steam. But like, I I also never played Doom Eternal. But also, I feel like a lot of people don't care much about Doom Eternal compared to Doom 2016. Like, 2016 was kind of lightning in a bottle, and Doom Eternal was like, yeah, it's more of that, but not as interesting. God, I forgot that they put that on the Switch. Jeez. Hi, kitty. Definitely heard that now. Yeah. Nice, yeah. Yes, that's all I have for trivia if we want to get into uh, so the questions. Because like I'm tired of talking. Most weirdos cast on Twitter and most weirdos cast on gmail.com. I am going to be reading questions from our Twitter. From Casey Cosmos and Casey Cosmos. What do you think the Elf House casts thoughts on the video game of Elvis? Elvis, I don't know how you say it. Spell it like this. It's the meme spelling. I always. I, I always pronounce it as a Moogus in my mind. <laughs> uh, I would think that if Luce and Amity were playing Among Us, and if one of them realized that the other was the imposter, they would definitely go to bat for each other, even if it meant they were going to lose. That, that is definitely what I believe in. I, I feel like Ida and King would be absolutely terrible at being the imposter, because they would just tr they would just go and do try to do as much murder as possible, even not being, like, trying to be careful about it all, and always gets found out. Uh... Yeah, yeah, all the time. I, I, I feel like Willow would be scarily good as imposter in Among Us. She could probably lie her ass off with trying to get away from with it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Gus is probably like he's probably better than Lucinavity, but not like I guess he's like the second best compared to them, considering that the rest of them are King Anita. But like it's probably it's probably only middling. At the... This is true. He might be good at it too. Hunter definitely, if caught being imposter, definitely can't lie his ass off, though. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> and Lucas just because he's rated like. Um, actually, you know what? He's not that good at it, though. So maybe he's not. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, he's been lying for like 400 years. <laughs> hmm. Maybe he has maybe he has off days where he's bad at Among Us, but sometimes he's really good at it. Yeah. 
Also, they would feel bad if they eject the emperor because the emperor might go after them and their families. Unfortunately, unfortunately, no, but I've only been here for like less than two months now. Like, it's been like, I think I've been here for eight and a half weeks, I counted. I think that's it. I think that sounds about right. So it's like, I, I haven't had as much opportunity because, again, pandemic's still a thing, and also, I still don't have a job yet, so I really shouldn't be spending money on stuff like going to a museum. I think, actually, I want to say that, like, the only two museums I really have been to to my life, like, I went to the Museum of National History back on, like, a field trip back in high school, I want to say. And I also went to, like, some, like, science museum in New Jersey, also on a field trip, back when I was, like, I think in elementary school, because my mom was a chaperone with that. I don't remember much about it, but it was, like, it was, like, a big, like, hey, it's, like, kind of like the, like, younger kid kind of thing of, like, go here to learn about science kind of thing, but it was still cool. I love museums. They're great. One of my favorite hobbies. So I'm going to keep this to a minute. Because I could talk about this other Sounds familiar. I think I've heard about that, yeah. just now remembered i'm trying to remember what its name was and if it really counts but i definitely did go to like a like more like tech focused museum in japan it's where they used to keep the old giant one-to-one -one model of rx78 from the original gundam anime i do oh, what the fuck is its name i forget I, it was like also like kind of more like a little bit more on the like kid side but there definitely was like near the end like a presentation where they had like the like asimov <laughs> robot come out and like walk around a bit and like oh, answer questions, but it was all in Japanese, so it's like I, I don't know what's saying, but it still needs to see the outside of a robot in person. That's the the Witty Museum in San Antonio, Texas. It's uh, it's like a normal art museum, but in their collection they actually own a lot of the original robots and sets from the time before Christmas. That's uh, yeah, that's a very cool thing. It's, it's a seasonal display, so it's not always the winter to be. Oh, cool! It's just to see. Yeah, ma yeah, ma make makes sense that they would probably play that like really around like Halloween or Christmas, right? Five ish years, so it's not technically. 
Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Cool. So also, yeah, know, pretty neat though. What is your favorite big two superhero? WWE. I hesitated because I was unsure how to say it out loud. I should just say the word. Yeah, the women love the women pit. Yeah. Uh, this is where I show uh, how little about comics I know. I really don't know many. I know that, like, Mayday Parker is apparently lesbian, I think. But I don't know who she's with. <laughs> yeah, she, she she has yeah she has the lesbian hair <laughs> like yes, but yeah I don't really know many of them. I I did respond to Erica with the Twitter of like being like, is it cheating if I just name my non-binary lesbian table type character and their girlfriend? But I feel like that is kind of cheating because it's not like a comic superhero. But at the same time, Kino is a superhero, and they are a non-binary lesbian. So I'm gonna I'm gonna count Kino and their girlfriend That's Leslie. Because I don't have an answer otherwise. Oh, yeah, okay. That's also what I thought uh, Erica meant by Big Two, but I wasn't fully sure. Probably my favorite Which uh, which superheroes are they? Which superheroes are they? been out of comics for a long time and really the only one I was really reading was the uh, Kamala Miss Marvel ones because like Kamala never came out as like queer or anything right she kind of had a thing for like her her yeah I thought like he had like a thing kind of going on with her like childhood friend for a bit but then he got pissed at her because she was definitely helping uh, Captain Marvel deal with like using precognition to preemptively arrest people for doing future crimes <laughs> and not Crimes that actually have happened. Potential future yeah. crimes, yeah. It, it definitely caused a rift between them. But yeah, I don't know much past there. Yeah. But also, it's like... Okay. Boo. Yeah, I mean, that's really, like, the only, like, 
comic of like DC or Marvel that I really ever read. And even then, it's like I kind of just started checking out once they did like the big Secret Wars crossover thing, where it's like if you want to know what happened here, read the separate comic, and also you need to read all these other ones that led up to it. Well, and it's like I don't want the stupid crossovers all the time. Just let it be just Kamala doing her own thing in Jersey City, please. She doesn't need to do all the stupid shit with the Avengers. But whatever. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Because, like, uh, is Girl Girl isn't queer, is she? Yeah, it's it's one of those where she's very obviously a queer. Ah, oh, bummer. Whatever nonsense company recently came out to it, but then they just went the end of the rainbow. Look at the last episode of the series. The last issue. I'm sorry, this is a spoiler for yeah. the final issues. Isn't isn't she has a coming out speech where she tells everyone she doesn't believe the secret anymore that she just wants to be herself and let everyone know who she really is. <laughs> she's still not to say that she's gay. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a, it, it, she's essentially done it. Because <laughs> I get, uh, Also, if, if I'm not uh, incorrect here, isn't Gwenpool also queer? <laughs> God, God, just fucking damn it, Marvel. <laughs> She's aware of panel films and the people between them to get them out of the comic. Yeah, okay. So. <laughs> okay. But also, that's kind of. I feel like that's kind of been a lot of, like, the Deadpool stuff, because, like, that's straight up what he's doing a lot in Marvel vs. Capcom 3, where, like, he smacks you with the health bar as part of his special. Fair. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it's really just him in that game. Oh, okay. It's it's okay. It's not as third world. It's not as like fourth wall breaking as Order of Sick gets, where the characters know they're in the comic and sometimes actually break the panels. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fair. Yeah. Oh, hey, Haley from Artistic did that once too, where she actually went back to the, like the old character sheet that introduced them to steal a diamond that she used to have, and now it's just replaced with a letter that says, I owe me one big ass diamond. Because <laughs> they needed to resurrect the character. And it's like, well, you had that diamond, and it's like, wait, I did? And it's like, okay, let me use that. And like, straight up went to the character page to get. Yeah, I mean, Artistic is like very self referential. Like, they, they know that they're like DD characters, like, they know they're like classes and all. It's like, m m there were points like in our tabletop game where I was like, is it okay yeah. if my character refers to herself as a druid? Do people know what that is? Like, I've had her like describe herself as a priestess at times, but it's like, she's not an authentic <laughs> actual priestess, but like at the same yeah, time, so saying that she's a straight up a druid would be weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's horrifying. <laughs> That is that is Gwenpool well, having her upper torso cut off so in one panel. Yeah, but then other people yeah. are just seeing. Yeah. 
everything. Yep. Horrifying. Just because she's aware of everything in the universe and comments on all of it. But you're never sure if she's actually like into somebody or if she's just saying the thing that you want to hear. It's a lot. Gotcha. But hey, you know, let's listen. You've learned if you want to derail this podcast, asking questions about right. comic characters. <laughs> <laughs> or, or Star Wars, as we also remember from the episode that you cut out half the preamble at the start, because we got too into talking about Star Wars. <laughs> Which, again, we talked about Star Wars in this episode. Now, our intro in this one was like 20 minutes long. It yeah. wasn't that long. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't 40 minutes. <laughs> Nope. The email has been a bit quiet for a bit. Okay. Uh, the artist this week, again, I have one where unfortunately I couldn't find their pronouns, but I'm going to highlight uh, Omi-chan, who goes by the handle Omi-chan2, just O-M-Y-C-H-A-N-2, who is pretty much well, most well-known for the This Doesn't Change Anything comic, where it's like, uh, it's like the bit from uh, the first day when like Emily's talking to herself about like this doesn't change anything, and then it's like her going to Lucy's house to train, and it doesn't change anything. And then the other one is you're just on your first date with her, this doesn't change anything. And then the last one is then years later getting married, where she's like you're just getting married to her, this doesn't change anything. It's a very well known, pretty funny comic back from season one because like it's also like Emily still has her season one hair and everything, so it's like. A little dated at that, but it's just it's it sticks out because it's just very funny. I think that was like one of the first Owl House bits <laughs> I ever saw, besides the fight between Eden and Lilith from episode five of season one, and also uh, everyone talking about Grom. But I think it was like one of the first three things I ever saw about the show. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Omi Chan has also recently done uh, some like mock tarot cards of Luce as the sun, Amni as the moon, Hunter as the hanged man, and Willow as the judgment that are pretty good. I think they said they want to continue more, and those would be pretty cool if they like made them into actual merch or anything. Uh, yep. Uh, they also, just a little bit, uh, aside from Alhouse we did, they also do uh, some uh, Kate V stuff from Arcane. I also still don't know why Kate V is the one that's stuck and not Violet. Because or Viol or uh, Violin rather, because her name her whole name is Caitlin and her whole name is Violet. So why did not go Viol like Violin as the the ship name between them? Why is it Kate V? I don't or Kate Vi. I don't know. I keep on saying Kate V even though I know her name is Vi. But yeah, uh, they they had one of that pretty recently where uh, they're both like working out and Vi gets fully distracted by Kate's ass to the point where like a punching bag that she hit socks her in the face and it just makes her fall over. But uh, going before Alhouse stuff, uh, they made a lot of like really sick art of Amity and King fighting Hunter back when Eclipse Lake aired, as well as a uh, really adorable one from when Luce and Amity axed each other out back in uh, <laughs> Knock Knock Knockin' and Hoodie Zora, and also the cheek kiss with like the aftermath of them both thinking about it. <laughs> and also a very funny one where Hunter finds out that Luce and Amity haven't kissed after two months of dating, so he just kind of walks up on Luce as she's playing like the. Uh, Demon Realm equivalent of the Nintendo Switch and just comically slaps her on the back of the head of like, what the fuck are you doing? Kiss your girlfriend kind of deal. 
it's it's uh, it's just more like fluffy lumini stuff for the most part like i usually always talk about with the arts of the week stuff but it really sticks out because like uh, omitan's art style is pretty cool and everything and it's pretty detailed and again i just really like that that doesn't change everything comic that they did it's pretty much gonna bring us to the close so mm-hmm. i suppose until next time Yeah, yeah. Most uh, most queer people like us are retweeting a lot of the same stuff I at the moment, huh? Today, recently, so there's at least one thing in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I did see that at least. At least, at least again, little bits of glimmer in the dark times. Yeah, uh, I, I'm kind of, again, like, kind of retweeting a lot of the same stuff, unfortunately, because everything's fucked, but, uh, if you want to follow me for occasional, like, bits where I post pictures of my roommate's cats, or kind of more frequently selfies of myself, because I'm liking more about what I look like, it turns out when you actually decide to <laughs> live for yourself and transition and stuff, you start to get a lot better health, uh, mental health-wise. But you can, uh, find me at, uh, QuillShineSun on Twitter. And also Instagram. I don't do much on Instagram. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, back when. Yeah, like I used to. I used to be that way a lot. Yeah, I used to be that way a lot before I came out and all, and, like, there were a lot of times where I was, like, I don't want pictures taken of me, or I wouldn't be, like, trying to smile on them, and I definitely noticed there's just times where it's, like, yeah, I smile a lot more now, because, hey, turns out, I'm in a much better headspace, even with all the shit going on in the world. (laughs) Which is why all this shit is not gonna make us stop existing and go away. We're gonna still be here regardless, you fuckers. (laughs) Yeah. That's just me, you know? It's not dysphoria, that's my personality. But I mean this this will co- Yeah, th- this 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 Yeah, this I feel like will come <laughs> up uh when we do your uh school project podcast. Yeah. Cause you mentioned it's about keeping yeah. uh so, being queer and being safe okay, online. Well, yeah. <laughs> I feel like so, not so having photos of yourself definitely so helps. I'm just gonna stop derailing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, well so we will stop getting distracted and say uh, thanks for listening to the show. Um, remember, us weirdos have to stick together. Uh, yep. Us weirdos have to stick together. Bye.